0: Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers podcast. Today is Monday, uh, March 25th. This is episode 84. I am a less tired than I was yesterday, Tony.
1: And I am a, my shin splints are finally gone. Happy Dennis.
0: Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay.
1: <laughs> okay, so here we are. <sighs> this is our post uh, t- TPF or Texas Pinball Festival trip episode where we talk about all the fun things that we did, any of the unfun things that we did, and just, it's just all the interesting stuff that happens once a year when we go to the Texas Pinball Festival. For those of you that don't know, Tony and I try and go to the Texas Pinball Festival every year. Uh, it's like the one show that we get to <laughs> that's, and it's, and if you're going to pick a show, I. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't speak in this way because it's not like I've been to Pinball Expo or to Replay FX, but the Texas Pinball Festival, uh, Twippy Award-winning Texas Pinball Festival. Now, as we'll we'll touch on in a little bit. Uh it's a lot of fun. There are a lot of games so you have an opportunity to play a lot of electromechanical and solid state era games. A lot of the people who are involved in the hobby, be they writing articles, uh doing news, having podcasts, putting video out online, a lot of them come to this show. So you meet a lot of really interesting people and they're willing to talk to you. And uh so anyway, it I just overall I always like doing the trip. Uh, the no, dry- I've
0: not yeah. Like you, I've not been to pinberg obviously but from everything i've heard from Pinburg, it feels like this one that texas is a bit more free form because you can just you're not locked into working in your groups all the time if you're taking part in the tournament
1: yeah the thing i hear about with people at replay well specifically people playing in Pinburg at replay right is that they get to meet a lot of interesting people group to group that they're speaking with whereas here it's less like you're walking around and you might see someone that you recognize like you might see steve bowden and you can go up and say hey hey, Steve, I love I love watching you uh, always be cashing. And Steve will be like, yo, cool. I don't know if he'll say exactly those words, but if I were him, Good I, enough. Would say, I, would, yep. I would say those words.
0: Give him a nice little soap
1: Yep. So uh, for introductions, what I thought is, since we're going to spend most of our time talking about the – texas pinball festival itself i thought maybe this would be a good time for us to just talk about the tangential stuff related to the trip the texas pinball festival yeah which, which so let's start with here tony and i have never stayed in the hotel that's tied to the convention center it's always sold out
0: yeah so one of these days one of these days maybe we will because From the conversations I've had with some people, it sounds like it'd be a really good place to go. We've just never quite made that leap.
1: That's, I mean, that's on me. It's when I I book the rooms, and I usually book the room when I book my ticket. And I always get the ticket at the pre-registration rate, so I do it before the new year. But usually it's past a month after it's all known at the very least. Right. and and that's OK. There are three other hotels within what I would describe as easy walking distance. We're talking two blocks away or less. So there's like the, the Hyatt House, which we've never been at. Uh, there's the Hilton, which for – this is our fourth TPF and we've been at the Hilton three times. And then there's the Drury, which was the one that we were at this time. And that was an interesting thing of discussion because what happened was when I registered, I of course saw that the, the host facility was, was sold out of their block. So I went to the Hilton like I normally do and they were sold out of the block. So I checked over with the Hyatt and they were sold out. And then I checked with the Drury and they still had rooms in the block, but. It seemed like when we were – and it was Tony and me and then uh, Eric who has been on the episode – not this episode. He's been on some episodes a few times, especially our E3 episodes, uh, went with us as he often does and we all were in – we all shared a room. And you and Eric were very fond of the Drury compared to the Hilton.
0: I was very much so. I preferred it by a a non-trivial margin.
1: And cost-wise, it was very on par. I think the jewelry was somewhere on the order of maybe five dollars less. If I'm remembering my registration doc, I mean, it was, it was so close as to be meaningless. So
0: right, it was it was a je- it, it was within the difference that just you know a change in the taxes from last year could have made the difference. Yeah, yeah. So, uh,
1: but I have to admit, it was. I I often joked throughout the trip that. So whenever anything bad would happen, I would just say this wouldn't have happened if we were at the Hilton, (laughs) but but I can't really blame the hotel for much of anything. They they didn't make a big deal about the free breakfast thing with the Hilton. They give you these tickets. We didn't have free breakfast. And they didn't do the
0: tickets this year is what I've heard from talking, talking to other people.
1: Well, we always had to do these stupid tickets and it was annoying because they get all crink crumpled up and you're you're passing them out. And it was just like, it was just easier. The was easier. The room was at least twice the size as the Hilton room. We weren't in a suite either.
0: No, but, but, and it, it was huge.
1: So, because what we do is, uh, when we go, we always get a double queen room, and then like I bring a sleeping bag and I sleep on the floor, or I get a I get a rollaway bed. But they do charge for a rollaway bed, whereas the Hilton does not. So I did not because I'm too cheap. So. I just bring that, but it's not like I had to wedge my sleeping bag between the two beds or a bed in the wall. It was just like, here, have this one-fourth of the room, Dennis, to be your,
0: your little hovel. Your hovel. So, so th- Man, we all told you, just get the get the no. roll. Away. It was fine. No. It was an extra $10. No. Nobody cared but you. We do you. this on the cheap. We Nobody did. but you cared. It's uh, still because of the when, change in gas. It was the gas was uh, so much cheaper we, this we go were, around.
1: Eric was very excited when he was running the numbers and saw how much less the trip was this year.
0: Yes, I think and everyone. Appreciates none of us it. would have minded. I helped control. I helped. Contro- I, helped
1: I helped control it. My, my sleeping bag was comfy and warm. I was fine.
0: Yes, I'm. Yes, you, you, Yeah. I, understand. Just, I just want the
1: listeners to know we've gone. We've shared the room with across three people, and we've done it across four people. I have always always taken the floor always that's the sacrifice i make for this show yes and when
0: there were four of us i also took we the- don't need
1: to stress what you have done yes everyone. and i
0: let me you re- may be oh, the wait, glue that holds that this I podcast was also together but going to take the floor this time and you no, refuse no, that's right because i had a sleeping bag and you had and socks i have a sleeping bag No, because that was before we even left. I was going to bring the sleeping bag. And you're like, no, no, mine's already loaded in the car. Mine was
1: loaded. I guess I guess if you had yours loaded in the car first, you might have been able to make such a sacrifice. But
0: you didn't do it. (laughs) Uh, I didn't come and break into your car and put my stuff in the car. So mine's already loaded. We could have taken your van we could have taken my van yeah and that would have been awesome it would have. it would have only cost us 13 or 14 times as much in gas because you know six miles a gallon <laughs> compared to 35 <laughs> has a mile wow. difference on the other hand we still wouldn't have had to fill up too often because right. it does have a 40 gallon gas tank that's right there you go <laughs>
1: when you need a stretch bank you just a break you just do a do a couple laps in the back of the van
0: yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. But then you wouldn't have had to sleep on the floor because you could have just slept in the van.
1: That's right. I also wanted to get a magnet sticker for your van that said free candy.
0: Yeah, that joke has been made like to death. I, I know, you. but I can't help it. I'm still a
1: little a little tired and maybe a little punchy. All right, so, <laughs> so, we liked, so we liked that facility. It was about a block further walk than the Hilton was, but the other nice thing was we didn't have to cross that four-lane divided highway. Right, no, it was Gaylord Parkway, is what it's called, and it's it's somewhat scary. It's like a Frogger moment, especially at night. Especially at night. If you've had anything to drink at the main facility, I would be concerned trying to. And it really was fortuitous this time because they didn't have the sidewalk anymore. They've torn that all out right now. They're doing a. I think they're putting in some crosswalk stuff, so it's safer.
0: Was they made it less safe to make it safer? Well,
1: you, you you gotta get you gotta get down to get up, or vice versa, something like that. All right. So there's that. And then uh trip down was fine. We hit a few little traffic patches. We, you, we normally, I was going to say always, but I can't after our return, we take no. I-35 down and back. It's the longest in miles, but it's generally speaking the fastest way to, to get back to the Kansas city area for us. Right. However, on the way back, This time, I don't know if I bumped something or there was a construction thing on I-35 and it changed the time estimates. Regardless, Google ended up sending us doing the 69 highway route back.
0: And here's the thing. Let's go ahead and roll this back to how tired we we were after this whole weekend. All right. Speak the words, Tony. We didn't notice Mm -hmm. that we weren't going the normal I-35 route. For like a hundred miles. Yes. I mean, we'd been driving for like an hour and we're looking, and I'm looking around, I'm like, and there were a couple of times I thought, it's like, you know, I don't remember any of this. Yeah. But, you know, it was last year. Maybe it was last year. And last year when we left, I was driving. So I wasn't really looking around like I'm looking around now. So, so maybe, maybe that's, maybe i just didn't pay as much attention here and there. (laughs) And then we realized that it,
1: we were there, on the wrong bloody there road. There was a traffic light in the middle of the road. We were warned about an accident. So we're already slowing down a whole lot. And I'm like, oh, great. Another accident on I-35, big shock. And then there is traffic light. And I'm like, there are no traffic lights on the interstate. What is this crap? I don't do traffic lights. What do you? Where do you think we are? And then it's like I'm looking at the signs and then I look at the mapping tool and it's like, oh, we're not on I-35 North. We're on 69 North. So that sucked. Uh, I mean, we got back at, uh, at the same time we would have. So it wasn't, it wasn't an inefficient route in that regard. But the issue that why I don't like 69 and 169, ultimately it was the 69 to 169 path back. And the reason I don't like that is especially once you get to Oklahoma, it becomes a divided two-lane highway. And if you get stuck behind slow vehicles, it can be very difficult to pass. Now, this wasn't a big deal for us because by the time we reached that point, it was late enough in the evening that there weren't a lot of situations like that. Um, But it did teach us a couple of things. One, uh, I had a lot of people flashing their brights at me and it wasn't because there were cop cars. Apparently my – and this is a new car. I've only had it a few weeks. People were getting blinded by the headlights. So I'm going to take that in because it seems that the headlights are aimed too high up. And since it's under warranty, I'm just going to have them line them up because I had at least – like eight vehicles do it and oh my it was more than that uh, my brights weren't on because when they were on you could tell but but uh so that was a that was a lesson learned because while i've done a little bit of night driving it's always been in cityscape areas where uh you know when the traffic you know when you have got street lights and stuff it doesn't it doesn't bug you but when it's dark out and you're on rural roads like 69 highway then it obviously does so that was annoying. We pulled over at one point. I wanted to look and I thought, "Well, maybe they're easy to adjust because I was getting really tired of people flashing their lights at me all the time. Plus, I don't want to be blinding people." So I pulled into the back edge of a convenience store area. That's where Tony met the drug dealers.
0: Yes. Well, maybe. I mean, I didn't really meet them. It's not like we had a conversation. They offered you something, Tony? They 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 did ask me if uh, if there was anything I needed. <laughs> As I was getting out, and I was like, oh, good." Like, so, I didn't even know there was anybody in this vehicle. Mm-hmm. There's just this, just this truck sitting there with all the lights out. And then I noticed the windows a little way down. This guy's just kind of peeking out.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so,
0: and the thing is I was, I was at this
1: point, I was extra sensitive on the drive because earlier on 69 highway, we were passing through a town. 45 mile an hour speed limit. I think I turned myself down to 50. It's two. It's a uh, divide. It's not, well, not really divided. There's a there's a middle lane uh, or middle stripe, of course, and then it's a uh, four lane. There was a guy in the middle of the road in dark clothes, yeah. and I did not. I did not see him, and he wasn't just on the line. He was in my lane. I had to swerve to avoid hitting him. I probably would have killed him. And he was listing into my car direction even after I dodged him. So I assume he was intoxicated. He's wearing a gray hoodie, probably jeans or some sort of dark pants, no reflective material. It's, he wasn't dressed for being out at night. And I, it's just like he's just there. All I mean it's just like all of a sudden I – mean, it's not a slow road. And it was just like – anyway, so I almost hit him and it was – it really bothered me uh, because I didn't – it was so dark at this point point uh, and there weren't a lot of streetlights in the area. I almost – I just – I didn't see him until I was right on him. So uh, that after that, uh, I was awake quite well.
0: Yeah, no, that was – I was being – Definitely extra- a, yeah, so. a, a, a moment. That was – my heart was like pounding. Mm.
1: No, it was very close. It was very close. So – uh, that was a that would have uh, made the trip uh, less enjoyable, probably. Because I don't. You th- think? I, well, I'm assuming he wouldn't have survived unless I only winged him. But, uh, but anyway, I did not hit him. I don't know if anyone else did because there were a few other cars in the area, but most of them were like in the right lane. and I was in the left at that point. But who knows where he ended up waddling out or you know if he fell fell down in the road. But so, but we didn't hit him. And then, as we noted, it was actually for. As far as traveling goes, because the vehicle was so much more, we've normally borrowed an SUV. My my mom usually loans me hers uh, because it's got a lot of room, and i I had a really small a cobalt before this, and I didn't want to make people sit in the back seat.
0: Plus, I had so many, many.
1: miles on it, I wouldn't have really wanted to do a long
0: trip with it. Right. And that's where most of we are with my vehicles. It's either terrible mm-hmm. gas mileage or, Hey, I'm already set at 200,000 miles. Let's take, let's, like, let's take a huge long trip on no, a car. That's yeah. No one wants, no one wants to enjoy
1: miles. the part of the trip where you're sitting in the mechanics shop. So, right, uh, but yeah, it was just, it was so, it, it made a quite a bit of difference. in terms, Actually, there were some points where on the way back, like I stopped early with only like half a tank down, mostly because I wanted a stretch break because we weren't getting out enough. Like we usually did. So. Uh, but anyway, so that w- that was that. And I know it's a long, only quasi-pinball-related introduction. So uh, did you want to add anything, Tony, before we move on to pinball, which will be our only topic today?
0: No, because I think most everything would be covered in the actual talking about the TPF. I mean, that's the trip up and down was just our normal stuff. So,
1: Okay, so let's move to pinball news. I don't know if this really counts as news, but I'm going. To, I'm going to do it as we said in our last episode when we had Nick Baldridge on, who's from the For Amusement Only, the EM and Bingo Pinball Podcast, and Gaming on Ten minutes a week. D- Tony, are they now calling it Gaming on Ten or Gaming on Ten minutes a week is still the official name? I don't. I don't know.
0: So lately, it just seems to be referred to as Gaming on Ten. I uh,
1: yeah, that's how I always hear Don say it, but I don't know if right. Nick has actually acquiesced to having
0: a title that is not too long. I, yeah, I don't know if it's actually been accepted okay, we don't know. to change it to something we easy to say. Okay. Anyway, so
1: during that, Nick mentioned that he and his co-author of the Coinop Carnival publication were going to give a copy away to a listener, and we had a contest and the contest was, or I should say we had a drawing, but to do the drawing, you needed to email us your favorite EM game. And at the same time, we were also running an NV Ram, which is a non-volatile Ram drawing for a pinball machine and similar situation, except I need you to name a solid state game. So want to congratulate the winner of the EM drawing for the Coinop op carnival copy is Martin Reinhardt. Excellent last name, by the way. And he submitted Centigrade thirty seven. I swear, just to make a dig at me. <laughs> and uh, so I sent that on Mar- uh, Martin to Ryan and Nick, and he, uh, he. I copied him in on his to his email address, so he knows that they have all of his contact information to mail him a copy. Because he, I, I did the drawing before we left for TPF in case the person would be at TPF, so that you know, save on shipping and just hand it to him, so they don't have to wait. But he would He wasn't able to make it. And then for the NVRAM drawing, when I took that list of names, because it was a slightly smaller list than the not everyone entered both. Uh I actually had Martin Reinhardt show up again with his uh Wonelli submission. But his name was the last one entered into the random I went to random.org and his name was at the bottom of each list, and I wondered if I did something wrong with the carriage returns. So I clicked like I just tested it, do quick I did a couple click quick clicks on the reshuffle thing or whatever. And his name did move around. So it, it, it really was just luck. So what I did is I made sure I had all the names and I did another drawing. So Martin is going to get his, I'm going to mail it to him for, he did show up first. I know that I didn't pay attention to the who was where on the test clicks. So I just wanted to see if it was shuffling properly. And then I did the official draw or the official redraw. And I'm going to send a second copy except I don't have to send it because the winner was Zach Minnie of Straight Down the Middle. With his ridiculous suggestion that the best solid state game was gladiators, which I don't think he's ever even played, quite frankly. However, probably not, probably not, but rules are rules. So I've got Martin's Ram chip in an envelope ready for me to mail probably later this week. And then Zach was at Texas Pinball Festival. So I gave him his Ram chip that he asked for there. So that's done. Good job, Zach. Thanks for taking it away from a real listener.
0: He's always got to be just being there. He's always got to
1: be, you know, he's always... Messing everything
0: up. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, like, hey, let's do something on Friday night. I have to work the booth till one. You can't say you're working the booth when you're not there for the last 30 minutes, Zach. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Um, Leaving us hanging. We could have been asleep. We could have. Oh, well, well. It just shows you what people think of our feelings, Tony. Sad.
0: We have feelings?
1: No, we don't. But... If we did, they could have been hurt. Uh Texas Pinball Festival news. So TPF has a lot of seminars every year. Tony and I, full disclosure, very rarely attend many seminars, if any. It really there have been years where uh, we haven't sat in on any of them. Yeah. And this year we only sat in on the Twippy Awards, which isn't really a seminar, except to use the seminar room. So there i mean they had a lot of interesting topics but some of the things i'd either already heard about or again i we're not really press and we're at tpf mostly to have fun so well i love their it's being, our getaway yeah, yeah, it's vacation yeah yeah it's our vacation so um so i don't it's going to leak out so quickly I find out what happens in the seminars from other people. Actually, I could find out from Pennside before I know from the people at TPF. So um, I only wanted to touch on a couple of them, but again, we weren't in, in the room. So Steve Ritchie, we were at his seminar last year, but we did not attend this one. Uh, I did not really believe his secrets would be revealed thing, uh, which some people were thinking he would actually reveal his upcoming game. And Stern never does that, so I don't know why anyone would ever convince themselves it would be otherwise. Because
0: hope springs eternal.
1: Well, people can just hope to wait a little while longer, and they'll probably know later this year. Uh, What I wanted to note, other than, yeah, he didn't really give any meaningful details about the upcoming game. He said it'll have at least two flippers, uh, six balls. So I guess you could interpret something on that, because he's had games like Star Trek, which only had four. Uh, He did stress that there were a lot of plastics in the game, like a significant higher percentage than normal. So that does make a lot of people speculate that that maybe means Black Knight 3000 because multiple playfields would justify so, so many more plastics. So there was that. But I thought that the piece of news that I thought was worth mentioning, because it's been a rumor for quite a while, is he did say Steve is not retiring Immediately after this next game, he's not currently planning to retire. He still likes what he does and and he feels good. So there was a lot of talk that this was a swan song and he was just finishing this up and then he wanted to get. I mean, he's old enough that it completely makes sense to retire. But if, yeah. you, if you like what you do and they, you know, John Borg is on a much more aggressive pace in terms of game output than they have Steve Ritchie. So if they've just said, OK, Steve, we, we're only going to expect a game out of you every 18 months or something. You know, that's not. It's not retirement. You might think he only, maybe it's only part time work, or, or yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. It, it, it could matter. be a slowdown. It's, yeah,
0: it's just like. I mean, my old man's retired, but he still has a job because he can't stand doing nothing, so he still goes and works part time just to have, have some stuff to do. Mm-hmm.
1: So anyway, but for the for those who are fans of Steve Ritchie, I'm sure that was welcome news that this is not just it. He still wants to keep making games, and so that's the plan as it presently stands. And that's really all I picked up that happened in that seminar that was worth noting here on the podcast. The other seminar that had a lot of talk was uh, the Jersey Jack pinball presentation. And they un- they did unveil a game. It was not Willy Wonka. Tony, it wasn't Toy Story either.
0: No? No. I'm- oh, no. So some other big new surprise that everybody has been waiting for and it's just going to shake the foundations of the pinball world almost except if all of that was wrong
1: then the answer would be another wizard of oz oh yay so now That's the great. the which i think i had heard on head to head pinball months ago the foretold yellow brick road edition so They indicated up to 200 units in 2019, though apparently up to 500 total are possible. Dun, dun,
0: dun, dun. Yeah, a limited edition with growing. That's great, that's great.
1: $12,500, so what is that? That's at least $2,000 more than I think the (laughs) the most expensive other model they have. Uh, It was very yellow. I did not play it. They did have it on the floor. Uh, They noted that there were improved mechs, now, what does that mean? It sounds like some of the switches were replaced with optos. I think I also saw something about that the flying monkey, which lifts the ball up to the upper left play field from the uh, main plate field, is being replaced with an animation. So I'm a little confused about that. Like, is there just like a moving magnet? I don't know how the ball's supposed to get up there anymore. I don't really know Wizard of Oz very well. It's been a long time since I played it. But, uh, I mean... The speculation was relatively rampant, as you would expect. Why is it so expensive? Is Jersey Jack just testing the market to see just how high can they get away with? Is this that they plan to raise the pricing yet again significantly for Wonka and Toy Story and this is testing the waters or trying to acclimate us as a as a group of pinheads to the new pricing model that they want to do? Uh, is it just to keep the line busy? Why are they having to do this? Is, is pirates not doing well enough? And apparently there was some discussion of pirates. I believe the owner of the company, Jack, mentioned that while the license, I believe, they renewed the Wizard of Oz license, I think, for a couple more years because there was still demand. And I think he noted that he also renewed the Pirates of the Caribbean license as well for the – around, I think around the same length of time. But they currently have no plans to build more of them and the designer of pirates eric and i always say his last name i think wrong but close <laughs> uh Manier or munier i think i was Munier. i think i always say Munier, and i don't think i'm right so i apologize to eric uh for for my sloppy pronunciation uh a lot of people commented i saw on pinside that he looked very very glum during that presentation um and we can confirm that at the Twippies, he didn't look like he was in a good mood when he accepted some of the Pirates awards. But right. but again, I don't know him. That may just be how he is when he gets up on stage. So regardless, that would suggest – and we would already been hearing a lot of discussion that Pirates of the Caribbean has not been a strong seller for Jersey Jack. And hey, it might – I mean it might actually end with making Dialed In no longer the worst-selling game in the company's history.
0: So, well, and – And here's the thing, and the the big important thing in my mind to remember is as much as everybody talks about, as much as the pinheads talk about, oh, it's such a great game, and it's got the greatest rules, and it's the greatest playing game, and all this stuff that you hear people talk about, it's still a crap theme, and it's not something that's the kind of game most people are going to want to play on location, and there's still a lot of location play. And with the price point, if nobody's buying them to go on location, it's only the home owners. And if it's expensive enough that it's only the top end people there who can grab it, it doesn't matter how good it is. And if the theme is bad enough that nobody cares, that doesn't help either.
1: Yeah, those are really good points. And we're going to touch on Pirates a little bit more because Tony and I did get to play it with the latest code on the last day of the show. So we'll weigh in a little bit more at that point. But I just wanted to note that coming out of of the seminars I didn't know Tony did, were there any other I know you didn't sit in on any of the other seminars Yeah, I didn't
0: sit in on either. We we pretty much spent our entire time running around together, so mm-hmm.
1: So, I I didn't know if you had heard anything else, you know, news, quote unquote. You don't see my air quotes, but I'm doing them. News-wise. The I do No, know a lot. I
0: didn't hear anything else okay. news-wise. All right. I do I do find it interesting on the news that we have, do have here specifically on the Yellabick Road that we're sitting Here, what, six years since Wizard of Oz originally came out?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: And they're still putting out new, more expensive versions. I'll be interested to see if they sell all 200 of the up to 200 in 2019, let alone the idea of 500 total. I just find it hard to believe that there's that many people looking for... A Wizard of Oz. Yes.
1: I always find it interesting that Jack has repeatedly stated, and he keeps renewing the license, so he must be building and selling more and more Wizard of Oz games. So that really speaks to how successful the concept of that title was for people. I I don't know that there are going to be a lot of people that are going to want to pay over $2,000 more for basically the same game, but... Uh, You know, I don't know. Uh, Right. I mean, here's the thing. Even with the ability to go up to 500, that's like a normal stern LE run. The big criticism that I often hear on the exclusivity of Jersey Jack games is that Jack's limited unit counts aren't all that limited. And he has a habit of making new limited iterations. And that really irks a number of collectors who feel it undermines the value of their game. So, correctly so. And normally I don't think that that market, broadly speaking, nece- needs to be something you specifically cater to unless your business is oriented entirely around appeasing wealthy collectors. Then you have to care. Stern doesn't have to care if they vault a Lucy edition where they never promised that the Lucy edition was ever going to be limited. It might annoy people that the premium model is more popular than the L.A., but, I mean, you know, that's life. Sometimes things don't work out the way you think they will.
0: Right. And some of that also has to do with the fact that everybody's got, and we actually had this conversation over the weekend. But everybody's got a different naming convention for. Oh uh, yes. I mean, it's because so what's an LE for Stern is a is a collector's edition for Jersey Jack, and and the premium for Stern is the limited edition for Jersey Jack, and everything. Yeah. Because there's no standardization there, so That's you a, might yeah. get an LE thinking, oh, it's the it's a, the limited edition, and that. And from, from Stern, you'd be right. That's the limited edition. And from Jersey Jack, that just means, no, this is the mid-range edition.
1: Right. It's really confusing because everyone likes to do two-letter abbreviations for all of those groupings, including when the companies are talking, pretty pretty much. So, all right, Stern's got the Pro, which is their low, low-end model. And they're the only ones that call something a Pro. But their LE – well, JJP has an LE, but that's the mid-tier model, which is like the Stern Premium. But – the, so the Collector's Edition, or CE, is the top end, as you noted, with Jersey Jack. But CE is Classic Edition with Chicago Gaming Company, and that's their low-dollar option. It's the one that's most like the original game from the 90s. Right. Now, the middle-tier grouping, SE, uh, is – Is uh, with Chicago Gaming. I believe SE is the abbreviation for the low end model, the standard edition at Jersey Jack. So it's just, and then the LE version of Chicago Gaming is like the LE version with Stern. So who's on first? Yeah, exactly. So it's all very, I don't know. That's not really news, people, but we're just, we as some simple, humble podcasters are just saying, y'all are confusing us. And it's not your job to all get on the same wavelength here, though. I do personally feel that limited edition should probably be the highest end because it's called limited.
0: Right. And I agree with that. Uh, because of that reason. I can understand, though, why they want to call, I mean, Collector's Edition, because, oh, this is the super high-end Collector's Special. I can understand that call, but... I I do, too, and I don't actually have a problem
1: with Jersey Jack calling something the Collector's Edition as their highest end, except they have Limited Edition as well. But when you're doing over a 1,000 units, I don't know if it's limited enough
0: in this hobby to be worth declaring Limited. Right. And even, and, or if you do, well, this is... Yeah, this is limited. We only we only made 200 of this one. Yeah, but how many limited? Oh, there's nine different limited editions? Okay.
1: Well, and, and the thing is, that's just a committed maximum number counts. I believe Jack has confirmed himself that if you want to actually have the rarest version of any of his games, buy the standard. That's what they sell the least of. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? But, yeah, because people like the... What you get for the additional upcharge is is seen as worth it by a lot of people with Jersey Jack, whereas a lot of people like the value they get with a Stern Pro versus a premium. But so uh, I guess we should talk about the Twippies or the This Week in Pinball uh, Annual Awards for both the best of and a variety of pinball things and favorite ofs, which are a lot of write-in options that people choose of things related to the hobby. notice a lot of people call a lot of the write-ins best of. Uh, they're called favorites very specifically by Jeff Patterson with this week in pinball because it's just a, which one, which one is your favorite? It's not, he's not trying to say like, which websites the best, which rookies the best, which podcasts the best. It's just, Hey, which one do you got? You know, like they're all a people's choice award really, because it's voted on broadly by the community. So while some people again, also like to say, well, this is the Academy awards of, of pinball. No, what's the People's choice awards is a better way to describe it. Um, The show that was put on by Greg and Zach, the the straight-down-the-middle hosts who were the hosts for the Twippies, was, I thought, pretty impressive, especially for the first – I mean, it's the second year of the Twippies. The first time they sort of live-streamed it, uh, but Zach must have spent – days worth of man hours putting the videos together where they would do like just like you'd see with the academy awards where it's like and the nominees for best motion picture sound are and then they show you parts of the clips where there's a voice overlay they did that for all of these including the write-in categories so Uh, The way it went was they were the hosts. They bring up a a special guest or guests to announce every single one of the categories. They do a little – depending on the person, they do a little lead in. Uh, Some of them did kind of uh, kitschy skit store stuff. Some of them told a joke that may or may not have bombed. Some of them were just more straightforward. And then the top three vote vote getters would be shown in a video montage and then the envelope would be opened and the winner would be read out by the special guest. Right. Um, first of all, Tony and I congratulate all of the winners uh for 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 their winning. For their winnings. So good job, y'all. Uh I'm gonna start with the most controversial one, and that's favorite podcast. And I I need to do a I need to do a clarification here, and I have to be I think I need to be careful because I people get really sensitive about this one, especially online, because Tony and I do not name the podcast that one is the back-to-back winner and I think I need to – I think – I don't need to justify it because I don't need to justify myself to anyone. But I want to clarify it because I think online there's a lot of speculation that uh, podcasts that don't talk about this podcast do do not do so because they're jealous or embittered in a particular way. And while we explained it when we made the decision at the time on social media, I don't think we did it on audio. And we have different listeners now. So I want to just take a moment and explain why we don't. And I don't want to take anything away from his victory. He had the most votes. He deserved to win. A lot of people find him entertaining. And I have no objection to any of that. I don't personally listen to the show because it's not my type of show. And I stopped listening a long time before we made this particular decision. The reason Tony and I don't discuss this podcast isn't about the podcast. It's about the individual who hosts the podcast and his behavior at the New York City Pinball Championships and the lack of apology for those antics, there was a fake apology that was done on an episode that was taken down. And after that happened, we agreed along with some other podcasts, but we weren't, it's not like a cabal of podcasts that are scheming against this person. It was just, yeah, we thought this person likes this sort of attention. We're not going to give it. We very rarely mentioned the show anyway, because we don't listen to it regularly. And so we don't really it's not one like you like earlier in this episode I mentioned head-to-head pinball and something because I listen to them. I like to listen to them. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to all the pinball podcasts. A number of them just aren't my my style. And that's fine. But I wanted to say that's why we don't name it. It doesn't have any we're not we we weren't going to win favorite podcasts. We're a mixed gaming podcast. Uh, I know we got nominations because Tony and I voted for ourselves because yep, yep, we're, the, we're those yep, people. We voted. for people, ourselves, but That's we're transparent we and I'm being transparent now about why we don't mention this person. But what I do want to mention is there were people in the audience who were booing while the montage was playing for this podcast. I found it highly inappropriate, completely disrespectful Yeah, and not just to the host who was in attendance. It was disrespectful to all of us in the audience
0: and yeah it, it was disrespectful especially because it because it wasn't just a single outburst it was a continuing thing
1: yes yeah at first there were some people who did uh, it, the this was again it wasn't like the academy awards it's more like the golden globes it was very playful there was a lot of like catcalling and hooting and stuff going on throughout it, it was supposed to you know be fun there were people who playfully booed there are a lot of people in the room who did not clap because they do not like this host but there was just some sustain I went back and listened to this part on the on the online version. You could hear the booing, but it wasn't it wasn't super loud or like you could still hear the montage video. In the room you couldn't hear anything. You just heard the boos. You couldn't hear the video that Zach worked really hard for, uh, you know, putting together. It was just it really it just sucked. And it's like Yeah. I'm like and so I'm just telling you guys here, as someone who does not does not discuss this person, does not think this person has the the appropriate sort of behavior to be uh someone that I want to listen to in this hobby and someone I will not promote in this hobby I was disgusted by the behavior uh whether he was there or not it was just it was wholly inappropriate it wasn 't funny i don 't think it was meant as a joke anyway uh it was just
0: really tacky and it pissed me off so i 'm saying it now but i'm and you're you're right it was i mean It was one of those things. I when it first started, I thought, okay, it's something that I expected, and I thought we'd hear, you know, one or two, and then things would just go on. And it was just the continuing rolling nonstop through the whole thing, and it was just, it was terrible. It put a very. Dark shadow over what should have been a really fun night mm-hmm. and it really ruined yeah. the whole one section.
1: I, I felt so. I think for a lot of the attendees, it really did. Uh, the, the podcast host, I, I think he I, I think he fed off of it. Quite frankly, he did. a He did an acceptance speech that was pretty well put together. And I I think he was amused more than anything, and again that fits his style, and that's he's sort of a shock jock type, and that's fine. But again, we made we gave our word and our reasoning over a year ago why we don't discuss that show, and I'm still not naming him, even though he won. Um, but yeah, but congratulations, regardless, uh, he has the listeners, it it attracts people, and he he deserved to win because that's that's how this works.
0: Right, it's about who did the, I mean, it, it's a write-in. it's not like it's some. Um a uh, professional association that quantifies everything and does everything. Right, it's, it's not it's
1: not it, there's no academy. Now, it would be right. interesting if there was an academy. That's something we could talk about at some point. I know that's come up in discussions with other people who have issues with how the twippies are selected. I'm not sure though that the solution is really to reform how the twippies are chosen. I think maybe there just needs to be another set of Pinball awards. But
0: I could see that, but I mean, how what would you do to form The quote-unquote academy. What 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 would you put together as the criteria to pick that grouping? I don't
1: know. It's not my job to solve it because I'm not creating those awards. I mean, you'd want a team of experts, but you need to decide what they are. I mean, for I mean, here's the thing: there are all these write-ins that are favorite, and I don't mean to cheapen it in any way. And I will talk about the one that (laughs) that. Was the one I thought I might have a chance for. It wasn't podcasts, so um, yeah, but, definitely not. But the favorite ofs, the write ins, these are the. This is. I don't mean this to sound unfair, but these are the second tier level awards. I think the big thing that Jeff was interested, and he can speak for himself. So he's not on, so he can't. But if he was here, I think the best ofs and picking the games. I think that was the big idea behind the Twippies was a celebration of the games that are getting produced because the hobby is thriving. I think the other stuff is just – it's fun. It's fun. It's neat to hear about these other tangential elements. But – so to me, like having a panel that actually played all the games would make a lot of sense. That's the most important thing is to – sell. I mean when you think about the Academy Awards, most of the stuff is a celebration of the main actors, actresses, and people who put together particular movies. And a lot of times the winners are the films. There are certain instances where the winners are individuals as well. But it gets a little complicated. But – it's like you think about all those drop-down boxes Jeff gave us. How many of those games had you not played? I hadn't played Thunderbirds. So right. was it was it really fair for me to weigh in when I didn't know what I thought about that game entirely? I never played finalized Pirates before the vote. You, those are fair questions to bring up. Uh, for Four of you are putting together an academy. For people's choice, it's people's choice. So you know going in what you're going to get it's you can't expect everyone in that sort of situation to have experienced everything but with a panel of professionals you can like again academy awards they get sent all the movies that are up for nomination so they can see them all that but anyway uh i did talk to jeff afterwards and i i suggested that was favorite podcast was the second to last award announced and it was because they they knew it would be controversial my suggestion just so people know was to actually uh, move it up to the start because yeah. uh, The Room had a cash bar. I don't know if it would have been – if people hadn't been drinking for over an hour already, maybe it would have been less disruptive. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. It's the only thing I could think of that would help other than dropping the award outright, which is one of the more I mean people get excited about it uh, online. Like when I see people reading, I guess people people care about the about the podcast one. So that would be – and it could be taken as a slight against the person who's won. And I wouldn't remove the award just because a person that I don't agree with keeps winning. That's not the – That's. I have no interest in that. I've said my piece. I've got my opinion. People who want to listen to this show can listen to this show. People who want to listen to another show can listen to the other show. The thing I wanted to stress, and I know we've talked a bit about this and I'm being – I'm trying to be cautious because I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone, uh, is I think when I read online, a lot of people think that podcasters – view themselves in competition with each other without really understanding how many of us are fans of other podcasts. So it's like when I go and meet Martin with Head to Head or Jason with Slap Save, Ken and Bill with Special One, I like these shows. I listen to them. I don't like listening to my own show. I already somehow know what I'm going to say. (laughs) But I like listening to other shows. So I get... I mean, I knew we weren't gonna be in the top three. I wanted to see it's like I had like yeah, oh oh that was a good one. Except for Twip. Zach made me look stupid on that video. At least the booze oh, at least the booze were still going and he started to boo his own video to kinda, of, you know, be fair 'cause it wasn't it wasn't fair to the winner that no one could hear his video who was in the room. And so he started booing booing the Twip podcaster and he played a segment where he made me look dumb or tried to. So screw you, Zach. Yeah. Don't think that was that, that, Don't think that, 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 g- that was that missed humorous. my littlest wreathed in flame eye. I saw that.
0: I I, I haven't gone back and watched the clip from the video yet. Did did was you were they able to hear anything from the audience on that clip or was it just what was on the mic? Oh when front? I yelled?
1: Yeah. Is that what you're you were asking? Yelled. No, I, I couldn't hear it.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: I, I did yell out. Um, I thought it was a per- I was again. There were a lot of us trying to lighten the mood at that point, and I immediately thought maybe I shouldn't have because I think some of the people sitting in front of me. Let's just say I yelled BS, but I actually spelled it out to keep this clean. When yeah. when the part said that I lost our debate on Hobbit, which I mean, <laughs> twofold: one, I I don't lose, and two, uh, not about Hobbit, I don't. So anyway uh and then but then i thought ooh, some of this audience is now not sure who's joking who's being serious and zach already knows that i I don't really care if people make fun of me so um anyway he thought it was i could tell he he heard me he thought it was funny i could tell when his reaction on the on the stage there's one other stage reaction we'll get to it a little bit later uh that was interesting and a lot of people misinterpreted i think so i want to comment on it but let's start running through some of the other stuff oh as we noted already uh we both wrote in our own podcast for favorite podcast, so of course we were wrong. We didn't win. I know it's a big shock.
0: Yeah, no kidding. It's uh, amazing. So I know everybody's in shock. You, yes. it's, we've we've we have gone through a denial and anger and all that. We're we're working our way through oh, the, the stages. The stages. Mm, yeah. Uh, but but yes, we'll be strong. We'll try again next year. So hopefully the stages go faster when we lose. Yes, hopefully.
1: Uh, so anyway, I know that was a lot, but I thought we needed to weigh in why we why we don't name this particular podcast because I know we never did it audibly, and I don't want to seem like we're doing it because we're upset that we didn't win. But the the audience deserves to know
0: why. And if you didn't- I see, no, I, I like to think I don't think anybody honestly th- would think it would be. Because we were upset because we didn't win. Because I think anybody who listens to the show fully expects that we in no way, shape, or form thought we were going to win that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would hope to agree, but I figured a little transparency won't hurt. Uh, we don't really interact uh, with uh, with with that host anyway, like off air or anything. We don't. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think they listen to us. We don't really listen to them. So I I used to, but I'm, but. Uh, moving on, both figuratively and literally, uh, favorite YouTube channel. So straight down the middle, one. Uh, that's what I voted for.
0: That's what I voted for, too, okay. if I remember correctly. I mean, I, I'll i get I'll get, it, I'll get it, the number called up. I've got it somewhere in here. But if I remember off the top of my head, because that's the only pinball YouTube channel I watch. I do watch
1: Papa as well. And I, I really like Bowen's uh, tutorials. But I put in more eyeball time on straight down the middle. For entertainment purposes, I, use, I don't actually usually watch every Bowen tutorial. I load it up if I want to learn about a particular game. So that's, again, it's just how I choose to consume the the media. And then Buffalo, I've watched them from, I've watched Rudy Soup on Buffalo in particular a couple of times. Uh, he can be really entertaining when he's streaming. Uh, but he, he kind of does what I do, but like better uh, in terms of when we throw, when I throw up a, a pinball stream on Twitch. It's kind of like that. But they have their own YouTube channel, so. Uh, so anyway, uh, straight down the middle. I don't think that was a surprise to anyone. Another non-surprise, at least to me, though I didn't vote for anything in this was favorite pinball mod and Penn Stadium won that again. So that's a two in a row for them.
0: Yeah. I didn't vote for that because I don't have a machine and I don't put mod. I don't. So obviously I haven't done anything with mods and I don't pay any attention to that stuff. I will stay, say this year I got a really good look at Penn Stadiums and I can see why people like them, especially with older, darker games.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, Again, that's why I'm not surprised that they keep winning. It's the one mod that works with just about any game, which is a huge advantage in a popularity vote like this, a people's choice vote. Mean Very much so. I mean, one of the other top three was Color DMD, which is the other one that would be – but again, it only works in DMD games, so it's already got a leg down. Like opposite, let's see, opposite leg up, like arm down. It's got an arm down from Penn Stadium. And then the third one was a mod that was just for Wizard of Oz. So think about that, about how exclusive that group is compared to these other two. And you can see, I'm sure that was the order too. Penn Stadium followed by Color DMD, followed by Flying Monkey mod.
0: Yeah, and part of me wants to, is curious just how big of a difference in number of votes it was between the first two and the flying monkey. Mods.
1: And uh you know, Jeff Patterson might end up releasing that. I think he did last year. He released and went beyond the three. I, I think he mentioned to me afterwards, he was thinking about going maybe five deep in certain terms of showing the, the nominees, which again is I think sort of like the Academy Awards, but they felt like, and I agree with this decision doing three was much better from a time perspective. They wanted to keep yes. this to about 90 minutes. And there were a few segments that uh video wise with the clips ran a little long, and so i wouldn 't go to five uh,
0: no i I think the three is perfect but but feel uh, free to
1: go five or ten deep even when you do the like post the vote results and stuff. I think that's yeah. cool. Let people who want to nerd out on that do that but but not during the ceremony. This was good doing just three was good
0: i I, I want to see the three votes that we got. <laughs>
1: I had someone – I can't remember who it was who said that we were – they thought we were in the top grouping of uh, – on podcasts, which didn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, uh, no. I think they got confused. Crazy. I think
1: they may have gotten confused on publication, which I'll, I'll weigh in on a little bit. Uh, but uh, next up actually is a Favorite Homebrew Pinball Machine. And the winner was Nightmare Before Christmas, which does not surprise me given all the buzz I've been hearing about it. I didn't vote for a Favorite Homebrew. I
0: didn't vote for one maker. either. So I, that's not That's not a – group that i really follow
1: no it's not nor nor in my case but i do listen to a uh, pinball nerds uh, pinball podcast which uh i just started up not too long ago and there's a very prolific uh podcast out of canada uh, much like how prolific jeff tealas is except this is far more prolific uh and i think he's streamed uh nightmare or was on the stream with a nightmare before christmas on uh on twitch i didn't see it but i heard about it uh, and I, I actually never seen nightmare played i've seen pictures i haven't seen gameplay but that's my own fault. Uh let's see. Uh Rookie of the Year. Keith Elwin won. Uh I did vote. I did
0: vote for him. Uh so that, I think I left that one blank too. Okay. Yes, that one I left blank because that was the one that it confused me. Uh, it, what, what rookie I, meant? Well, no, I understood it's just I mean, yes. It's the first game he's put out for a company, but he, I mean, he's done other stuff before when it comes with that one. And that's the way with almost all these people that was, there's so few people that you could consider rookies and that would be well known to anybody outside of a group. I mean, cause if I was going to go with, you know, like rookie of the year, the most likely thing that what I think rookie of the year would be, I would pick maybe some of the new people who've just recently started turning up at tournaments and being part of the group like in the local Kansas city area. Oh, I okay. Mean, so looking at it bigger, and I understand what they meant. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. It's not. I'm not confused. Well, what do they mean by this? It's All right, just, you're not an idiot. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I just. I didn't really. I had a hard time going. Oh yeah, this is because we talked about this uh, originally when we put it out, and it's like yeah, this is. It's like okay, I guess technically because it's his first actual put out fully produced game, but I I don't know. I just left it blank because I, yeah. I didn't have any happy... Do you think that that award
1: should be one they continue to give out?
0: I don't know that that's an award that they'll be able to continue to give out. And and that is simply because as a conversation that was had over the weekend with... I, honestly, I don't remember who all was there because we had a lot of conversations this weekend. But, I mean, you're we're going to be rolling to a point where... A lot of these things are gonna be hard because some of the groups don't put out a new game every year. So you're we're going to hit years where there's going to be I mean, when it comes to games, there's only going to be Stern or there's not gonna be there's not gonna be any new big artists or new big designers. It's the same old, same old. So it's gonna be it's gonna be harder to do this one. The I think the rookie of the year one is one that is probably gonna be one of the hardest to continue every year. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: All right. Next up, again, these aren't the order they were announced in; it's just the order I typed them in. Uh, favorite pinball website. So, Pinside won that. I am not surprised. I voted for Pinball News, which wasn't one of the top three.
0: I voted for Fun with Bonus, which also wasn't
1: one of the top three. Nope. A lot of good choices though out there for fun ways to read stuff. I am actually Steve's uh, site's a good choice. I actually like to click on the links and see what little. Uh, I think he does little funny write-ups. So, and I see mm-hmm. like a, like I'll see a link to uh pinball profile and I'll click on it just to read how Steve described the episodes because sometimes it's I don't want to say it's dramatically different. It, it's truthfully what happened in the episode, but he'll sometimes he'll latch onto certain weird things that were said and just kind of yeah. make it be like, that's what the episode was about. Yeah. Uh, that's one is, of the reasons fun. I like it as
0: well. Yeah. And now, and I will put out, I, I do want to say that again, the pinball related website that I use the absolute most is this week in pinball, but It's once again falls into that gray area thing. I wasn't willing to vote for this week in pinball for the right, right?
1: And it was one of the top three, so and I understood that it was eligible for voting, but again, and they probably thought it would like they didn't communicate that, but they it would have been weird to also, so I don't know how you solve that, but right, it was what it was. Uh, favorite pinball location, Logan Arcade, which I saw there was a little like mini Facebook campaign to get votes for Logan Arcade. And it looks like it worked. I've never been to Logan, but I'd like to go if I ever get to Chicago area. But uh, of course I voted for the 403 club because it's got the most best maintained games in the Kansas city area.
0: I voted for okay. 403 club,
1: Uh favorite pinball convention, Texas pinball festival one. Uh, I voted for that and so did I.
0: I voted yeah. for a winner. You wrote a winner in the right
1: wing, the odds. That's that's very predictive. It's not just picking from a drop down. Uh favorite pinball tournament. Uh no shock whatsoever. I'm still
0: amazed this was created as a category because I think it's always
1: going to be pinball I, winning this.
0: This is this is probably the category that I most think needs to go away. Yeah. I mean,
1: and there was no one there to accept the award, which again, it's just—I mean, unless you're at TPF, uh, why why would you be? I mean, right. It's just I, yeah, I just didn't see the point in it. I didn't vote in it uh, at all. I didn't write anything in.
0: I mean, I'm not even sold that. Fa- I mean, favorite pinball convention makes sense. It would uh, it would have been weird to have been at TPF and have something like that wasn't TPF. Oh, I don't, I
1: don't think of the salt. Right. Man.
0: Oh yeah, but yeah, no, the tournament one. I just I don't think. I don't think that's one because Penberg is such a touchstone that I don't see, like you said, it ever losing. So what's the point of keeping everything thrown up there? I agree. Uh,
1: Favorite Twitch streamer, Deadflip won second time in a row. uh, And that's who I voted for. Yep. I didn't. Oh, that's right. You didn't.
0: I voted for us.
1: Yay, we got a vote. I want to see where we shake out in that.
0: That would be nice. <laughs> I've been I'd so probably bad the only really. one. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I I have not returned to the video game streaming in a while. I need to.
1: I've, yeah, I've done a few pinball ones,
0: reorganized post, and reset up, and
1: post burgling. I've done a, I've done a couple, but with starting the new job and everything, even though I work from home a lot more, I just. By the end of the day, because right now I'm in that mode where I was like from like 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. other than grabbing a bite to eat. I just sit in front of the computer because I'm like, I need to work. I need to work. I need to work. Because I'm trying to learn everything about the organization still. So I just right. feel o- I don't feel as overwhelmed as I did at the start of the month, which is pretty impressive since it's not even been four weeks yet. But I'm still at that point where I'm still trying to impress everyone. And then eventually right. I'll just coast and rest on my laurels forever.
0: Right. And so uh, we've been so short and everything, as everybody knows, well, I've been. When I come home, I mean, if I want to play games, I just want to play games. I don't want to play games and and be super social, super uh, uh, keeping up with chat and doing all that stuff. And a lot of times, I don't even have time. There's some days where I've gone whole days where all I've done is once the kids are settled down, I might read for 20 minutes and then go to bed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So that was it for the write-ins. The rest of the stuff was were the game awards, the best, not the favorites of, but the best ofs that people got to choose from a list of games. Bum, a list bu- bu- of bu- games bu- was not always the same. Some things like, like the Monster Bash remake were only eligible in certain categories, but other than that, the the lists were consistently the same. So I won't read those all off. They were all things that came out in 2018, obviously. Uh, best theme. The winner of best, and this was just theme only, not theme integration. The winner was Deadpool. That's what I voted for.
0: Yes, I voted for Deadpool for, I think, all but one thing in this whole okay. grouping.
1: The best animations and display, the winner was Pirates of the Caribbean. I voted for Deadpool on that.
0: I voted for Deadpool.
1: But I, I agree the display, the way the animations are integrated into Pirates, I think, uh, makes sense to me. It's
0: it does high. make sense, but I would had uh, limited good, experience but, uh, with it right. at the time. Right.
1: So I, I understood that one. Uh, best light show, Pirates of the Caribbean won that one. I voted for Iron Maiden for best light show.
0: I put Deadpool in. Okay.
1: I also could have seen Monster Bash Remake because what they did with the changes for the lighting was pretty cool. Right, and it was in the final three. Yeah, yeah. And and Pirates, again, that one made a lot of sense to me. Uh, Best Toys and Gimmicks, Pirates of the Caribbean won that, and that's what I voted for in that one.
0: I didn't. I voted for Deadpool. Oh,
1: you like the little... Spring-headed I baby like Deadpool. Spring little Deadpool. Deadpool, little, little Deadpool. Little Deadpool's awesome. It, and it was in the top 3. Little yep. Deadpool got a front and center shaky shake shakes shake shot shake, in shake. in the montage. Shake a shake shake. Uh, best theme integration. Pirates of the Caribbean won this. I voted for Deadpool.
0: I voted for Deadpool. And actually,
1: not to put lemon juice in the wound, I really don't see Pirates deserving theme integration. I don't think it does. I don't blame I don't blame the people working on the game. My issue is if you're doing a movie a movie based pen and you're doing video assets and you don't have the actors, how can how can you win this? I don't understand. I just I don't you know it could have because here's the thing I look at it and I go I see easily how the theme could have been better integrated. Actually having some freaking pirates from the movie with their faces in the in the dang video clips. So I just – compared to how they did the Deadpool with all his – like the X-Men comic book characters, that's really good integration. And I just – so that was my – I just that – one, that one actually surprised me. I know a lot of people love pirates. So that's fine. Theme integration, I just don't see it. I just don't. Nope. No way. Uh, best music and sound effects. Iron Maiden won this one, and I did vote for this.
0: I voted for Deadpool. Okay. Because that's – I told you I voted for Deadpool for almost everything. You, Not you,
1: everything, did, almost. you did tell me that. Uh, best call-outs. Deadpool won this. I was – I almost voted for Deadpool on this. I did end up voting for Iron Maiden because I thought the demon voice was really cool. But the fact that Deadpool got uh, Nolan North, who has voiced Deadpool so many times, to be Deadpool –
0: that's why I've. In a way,
1: in a way, it it probably should have just been given the award for best callouts by default. But right, but a bunch of pinsiders in particular have been really salty that it wasn't the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool because they always have to complain about something. So
0: yes, why? I, but it what the game wasn't based off the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool.
1: And uh, Mister North has voiced Deadpool far longer, so I mean, yeah, but I mean, it is, what it is, but uh, best rules. So Iron Maiden won this one. I did not actually vote for Iron Maiden. I voted for Deadpool. I actually think the rules are more enjoyable. I voted for Iron Maiden.
0: (gasps) How could Sacrilege? I know. I told you there were a couple that I voted for Deadpool on.
1: Foss. Best play field, gameplay, and layout. Uh, Iron Maiden won this, and I also voted for Iron Maiden. So did I. Okay. Yeah, I love the layout. I think it's really cool. Yep, it's it's cool. It's different. Uh, best artwork. Iron Maiden won this. I voted for Deadpool. I I was close on this. Uh, but I just I just like both were done by Jeremy Packer, aka Zombie Yeti. I just for whatever reason, with the theme integration elements, I guess I just like the way Deadpool looks more. But
0: what did I you voted pick for art? Alice Cooper because I like the side oh, art on the cap.
1: That and that one wasn't in the top three, but it wasn't. Uh,
0: um, and even but, the yeah. and the even the art on the playfield, the art's really good on that game. And we played mm, that game. some is. more. We'll talk about that here in a little while. We but, will. We yeah.
1: will. That's an, that's an interesting one. I did want to take a moment here and mention that uh, there was a joke that was done during the segment here, which I saw online afterwards. Uh, was confusing to a lot of people watching the stream. And it was definitely confusing to a lot of people who are in the audience. And that is uh, Stern's representative who was collecting most of the awards. uh, His name's Mike. He actually got all of the awards except for the sound award, that uh, sound effects award that Iron Maiden won because Jerry Thompson was in attendance. So he picked up that award because he's the one who did the sound. But uh, Christopher Franchi, had come up behind him while he was giving the acceptance speech on behalf of Jeremy Packer, and then he took the Twippy Award and curb stomped it. <laughs> and so
0: I thought it was funny, but
1: a lot – there were people who gasped in the audience. Yeah, it
0: was, it came across – I mean, I didn't realize – I realized it was a joke when he walked up there.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, I, I, it, I did too. It, it had I did too. feel to me. So uh, – So let
1: me give you a little bit of a a little bit of behind the scenes uh, as well, because actually after this later that evening, I I was speaking with Christopher Franchi and this came up because there were really bright lights up there. Zach and Greg were joking about them all night. So you couldn't really see the audience reaction, though. Christopher did hear the gasps from the front row. So. What was supposed to happen is Franchi was going to go up and accept the award outright. right cuz if you look and you see Mike's face you can tell that he I mean he's just like stone-faced. There was a there was a point of confusion. Franchi was supposed to be the only one to go up and accept the award, but that was, at some point the it didn't it didn't get communicated to Mike in that way. So he went up to accept the award on behalf of Jeremy Packer. So Franchi went ahead and just sort of ad-libbed it to do the bit that was planned. And he apparently, he had like a fake Twippy that was designed to be collapsible in his pocket. And I guess some people on the street, I couldn't see this from where I was sitting, but some people saw him like reach behind him and basically pull out the magic trick so that he could do the swap. So he could swap between the real, the real Twippy is fine, folks. Let me go ahead and declare that. <laughs> Jeremy will get his real Twippy. <laughs> but um, So he took the Twippy away from Mike and Mike wasn't aware of any of this. So he really is shocked. He's like, he doesn't know what's going on. And so, when Franchi sets it down and he stomps it, the stream, the camera angles—you can't see that part. You can't see it get stomped. You can't see it get crushed. So it's like, what is he doing? It just looks weird. So, so the so the folks at home couldn't actually see what happened. So I get that, and Franchi could tell that it didn't—that it fell flat with at least some people, which is why at the end he then does that over-the-top. I hate you. <laughs> and then goes away. I mean, it's just like, so he really tell- it that it was a joke. But some people didn't even. Re- All right. So some of you need to do a little human behavior study. I'm just I don't know what else Christopher Franchi could have honestly done to make it clear that it was a joke. Because if you laid it on any thicker, it wouldn't have been funny. In my judgment.
0: Well, yeah. It, it, I mean, that was put on with a trowel. That was so thick.
1: Yeah. But some people and again, and this. Part with this, people watching on the stream, I could see it. Some people who are watching the stream again thought this was going to be like the Academy Awards and it's like this really formal and official thing. And it's like, I get it because you can't really hear the audience very well with the microphones that Zach and Greg are using. It was just, it was much more of a good time going on in the room. It's not like people are stoically sitting there in their tuxedos with their hands clasped. We were joking around. Everyone's talking about the winners and all that. It's just, it, The vibe was different in person, but a lot of people in person also misread what what uh, Franchi was doing, which I I don't get. But because I I mean, it was obvious even before he made that remark about hating. Uh, And I don't know. I just thought I thought it was fine. I thought it was pretty funny, but my sense of
0: humor is a little special, I guess. (laughs) I thought I thought it was humorous. I told him as much when I talked to him later that evening.
1: Okay, Uh, game of the year. Uh, Iron Maiden won that. Uh, I don't think that's a surprise. It is what I voted for it, though. I think you voted for Deadpool. I did vote for Deadpool. Okay, Deadpool. I actually prefer playing, but for what Iron Maiden did for Stern and uh, just in terms of being something different and uh, new designer and all that, I I went ahead and gave it gave it props. That's when I waffled on as well, just like I did on callouts, because it's like, well, but technically, I actually have more fun playing Deadpool. So what do I know? I'm just a simple podcaster. Just a simple podcaster. That's uh, how I am. I don't try uh, to be anything uh, more. Oh, I actually, oops, I can't believe, because this is the one I said I was going to comment on. I did skip one of the write-in ones because we spent so much time talking about the website, and then I jumped right to the Logan Arcade for a pinball location. I didn't name who won a favorite pinball publication. Oh! <laughs> um, and that was Pinball Magazine number 5, which I think makes a lot of sense. This is the one where uh, I did tell people that you know, it's not just books and magazines. You can vote for articles, too. And I had pushed my beginner's guide to manufacturers that ran with This Week in Pinball. I believe Jeff Patterson thought that one ended up like fifth or something in the number of votes, which is which is fine. I mean, yeah, it's not I don't write. I didn't write articles to win twippies, uh, which is good because I didn't win one. But <laughs> whoa, <it's> called, <sighs> that was like but we Yep.
0: Dropped it. Up. Sorry. Dropped it. Dropped it. Drop and, the mic,
1: literally. Yeah, well, it's not like it broke into like a bunch of ice cubes, so <laughs> I hope it's okay. And, but here's the thing: the one thing that you thought I didn't care anything like about the about who wins win, wins in podcasts and whatever. You want to know what irked me? Here's what irked me: in the top three choices, Pinball Adventures was was one of the top three. Come on, guys. Todd Tucky doesn't even like that. It's an embarrassment. It's full of typos. All anyone ever did was make fun of that. So I hope people were just trolling voting for that because I got to admit that one hurt a little bit. You honestly you all out there honestly didn't think that a single one of my articles couldn't beat that toilet paper rag of a book. Ouch. Wow. Talk about cutting me to the quick. Burned. Yes, right. I like I was like, I was so happy Pinball Magazine won. You know, a real publication. Holy cow. That one shouldn't have even been.
0: Yeah, that was I that was definitely a little I was surprised to see it up there.
1: It's not respect. I'm not I'm not joking. It's not respected. Todd is embarrassed. He was treated really poorly by the editor that you put it up there as an insult to him and to everyone else who actually tried to write something meaningful. But at least most of the public had the good enough sense to vote for something that w- that was deserving. Uh, Jonathan's publication was deserving. So I agreed the huge, I think you probably saw it I was like, whew, I had a sigh of relief when I saw I thought, oh my God, that's going to win just because people know Todd Tucking and they're going to think it was a good book. But Todd got treated pretty raw for yeah. that. So. so anyway, so that's the Twippies. So I guess now for the rest of the episode, we just have just some other general sort of uh yeah. a TPF talk. So I thought uh one of the things we should probably note is uh people. So every time we go to to Texas Pinball Festival, especially I think probably more that it, it, it goes more and more, and I think that's because when you just look at raw podcast analytics when I look at them, it just as you would probably expect unless we really, really sucked. We only kinda sucked. And the numbers do sort of slowly go up over time. we don't have those big huge uh, gains that some of the better podcasts have had but uh what we what I have found at least is when we go to TPF every year more and more people go up and and they they know us they either hear our voice and they recognize it or maybe they follow us on Facebook and they see a photo that Tony put it on our put on put it put put it I've said it three times put on our Instagram account or something so people sort of recognize us but Uh, This was the most I've ever had people just come up to me and say hi, and I I always welcome that. I try – I'm not really an outgoing person. I do try, though, at conventions to be outgoing and and meet people because that's kind of part of the point. And this year I'd say we probably spent about half the time playing games and half the time uh, just talking with people who are into the hobby, people we already knew or people we just only spoke with online or people we'd never heard from before. But I met a whole lot of really nice people. And I'm not going to go in and say pinball people are the nicest people in the world. But no, some of you guys are are like terrible. <laughs> I'm just going. I'm going to tell you that. But, but the people I met at TPF were all very nice. No one was mean to me except when they made fun of me and sided with Zach. That's well, yeah, the but wrong that's answer. What, folks. I mean,
0: even I did that. That's <laughs> always the wrong answer. It's the wrong answer.
1: <laughs> I am the light in this hobby. Don't fall into darkness and despair.
0: I can't. I mean, uh, how many times were we walking, and did we just randomly hear a comment about about how good market trends is? Oh my god! I actually, I don't even think you were with me. Maybe
1: you were. I was walking down to to someone. I was trying to find someone at the the hotel bar. mm Hmm. Oh, I, I think was we were there. Trying, we we're gonna yeah. try and meet. Yeah, we we're gonna try and meet Doctor and Mrs. Pin there. Uh, and. I was walking down and then – yeah, someone was walking. Oh, no. It was them. They were walking the other way. They had to go get something and one of the people with them said, I love market trends. What I said is not allowed to be said on this show because we're a clean podcast. Yep. Tony can confirm. I was very cruel about it. I don't apologize either because I was right. But, okay, so let's see, uh, just in terms of a few people to note, I should have, I'm terrible with names and I should have, you know, I'm not going to go around and, and take notes to just name drop people, but I just yeah, no. a few things to mention now. I'm, I'm going to try, I, I'd already had probably more to drink than I should have when he explained me how to pronounce his name, but I believe it's pronounced Rorden. Rodden. Rodden, Rodden. I had it spelled right, at least, from Australia. Uh we were at the same hotel as he was. He was the bad penny of TPF. He turned up everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. i look all of a sudden I just hear his voice. He was incredibly nice though. Uh, he went around. He seemed to have a really good time with, with TPF. We had, uh, I think, th- uh, four in-depth conversations with him.
0: Yeah, no, they, and they were all good co- conversations. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh,
1: whatever that rum
0: or whatever you. Yeah, gave yeah. Me he was gave us some really, really milk. smooth gasoline. Some uh, real gasoline, smooth gasoline. Yeah,
1: pure petrol was what I'm gonna describe that as. I mean, I, I only had a shot of it, or, or I, I think uh, three. If you count three fingers as a shot, yeah. And uh, that was probably enough to for me. But I did like his gummy gummy worms or gummy snakes. Excuse yeah. me. But, uh, so anyway, it was just really interesting to, to hear from that. So, uh, so yeah, there were a number of people up from Australia, but he is the one I spoke with the most. Um, let's see who else. Oh, we know them from Kansas city, uh, Mary Kay and will. They've been, they've been playing competitively in Kansas City for the last few months. It was their first TPF and we kept running into them and they're really nice people and we see them all the time, but it's just nice to, you know, we'd have times where we'd just sit and we'd talk with them at TPF. They'd come up. We'd just run into each other. It was, we weren't at the same hotel either, but they'd turn up and we would talk with them. And that was
0: Uh, one thing that I I really liked this year is, while we played we we did i i feel like we talked to a lot more people than we ever have before we spent a lot more time talking to new people
1: yeah i tried i tried this time to make a concerted effort to do more of the social activity stuff it's easier now because we've played so many of the games at this right game. so there we still played a lot of games we got photos and photos of scores watching my glorious victories repeatedly but but yeah we took we did take the opportunity to meet and speak with a lot of people uh Dr. and Mrs. Penn, I had never had a chance to meet them before. We actually, we tried to make plans with them a couple of times, but of course they're so popular that they're off always doing other stuff with the, with the real people in pinball. But <laughs> I had some great conversations with them. I played Oktoberfest with them. And then we met them while they were in the tournament on the first day. And actually Mary Kay had wanted a Mrs. Penn shirt. And she was wondering, Oh, I wonder, will Mrs. Penn have swag at the event? I'm like, I'll just ask, I'll just ask her she was on our show she did that trivia game which was one of my favorite things anyone's ever subjected us to on our own show <laughs> i was going to tell her that but uh we were so busy i just completely forgot to give her that compliment so if she hears this i love that trivia thing it was fun especially because i won so i like it um you won a trivia game i'm hey hey i take so any little i need these i need this okay i need this and uh Anyway, so yeah, she brought a shirt for for Mary Kay and Mary was Mary Kay was able to hook up with her before we even were over at the event. She already had the shirt and she had it on the next day. It was cool. Yeah. That was so cool. that was neat. It was neat to meet them. Oh, Jack Danger. He was one of our earliest guests we ever had. And he's at a lot of these shows, but he was he was out on the West Coast for
0: a Twitch thing.
1: And yeah. so he wasn't there the first day, but he came in on Saturday.
0: And we never actually, I mean, he's been there while we've been there before, but he's always so busy that we've never really gone and right, actually right. talked to him or anything. And so.
1: I was, I was playing Munsters with, uh, with a few other people who, who I think recognized my voice or something. And, um, and we were, and Jack was moving a sign over and then he saw my name tag. He's like, Oh yeah, Dennis. And then, but later that day, you, Tony, you were very explicit. You were like, I am talking to Jack danger
0: yes i was well
1: but he's so busy and you're you're like he's always busy and i always just don't do it because he's so busy i don't want to interrupt him but i want to interrupt him this time and and so you did yep it was awesome yeah he was nice we put a picture up on facebook of of that because we finally went ahead i asked him if we could just get a photo of him because he's he's so short i wanted to show just how tall i was um uh, Jason Jason yeah, yes, people uh, yeah. If people think I'm serious, you need to see the photo and they understand. I'm a little shrimp. I'm just a little I'm just a little guy. I'm a little fry. I'm too uh, small. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say it. <laughs> that's my favorite that's my favorite line from KC GameCon is Tony's I'm so small when his chair got small. I love it. <laughs> it's so it's like that's best random comment Twippy. Make it happen. That would be, yeah. And I want and I want Tonys from last year to be in contention because it's so adorable. <laughs> um Jason Fowler with the Slap Save podcast is one of the newer podcasts that's out. They're uh, based in St. Louis. He and uh, and his uh, co-host Chris, Chris yep. wasn't there, but Jason, I did not run into Jason at all. He actually was speaking with someone else, who then came and saw me and said, "Oh, Jason would like to talk with you." Uh, he's over at the hotel bar, hotel in the in the in the main convention facility. So Tony and I went, and we probably had a two hour conference. Jason, uh, extend my apologies to your wife because I know you yeah. told her that you would be right up, and I know that I tricked you into staying longer by I don't really remember ex- everything I said, but I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it was very clever.
0: There was lots um, of interesting conversations and yeah. nothing at all inappropriate and horrible. No, and never we did a not, ever. did not, we absolutely did not maybe drink too much.
1: That, that is Rodden's fault. <laughs> I, don't, that I, that I drink yeah. a lot more
0: than you yeah. did though. So,
1: I, Well, yeah, but you, you, you can, you can hold it better. I, I'm always, I'm always very transparent that I'm, I'm a lightweight. I don't, I very rarely drink. I usually only do it socially. I don't, um, I just don't do it very much. So uh, anyway, so it's just like, yeah, I had enough after the, whatever the, the rum yeah. stuff was, he gave me the,
0: the, the, <laughs> because... there was the, it was like the, 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 rum stuff. We had that, that was, I, I, I enjoyed that,
1: uh, but I'm not sure
0: you feel fuzzy though, because yeah, wow. Uh, and then, uh, uh, will and Mary Kay gave me, uh, uh, a bourbon and seven Aww. and Jason shared, uh, some scotch with me and, it was a good evening.
1: He bought me a hard cider, Jason did, which is what I normally prefer to drink to beer actually because i don't I don't actually care for hops, so uh yeah, no, but I'm sure Jason found out I'm in no way like the character I play here on the podcast. I'm much more reserved and down to earth and normal. uh just like Tony knows. So I'm sure that was very
0: good. <laughs> yes, Remember there's a I'm point. So much more
1: reserved. I'm more so much I don't say these things I say, I'm I'm completely different in person. Just you 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 all if you ever meet me at a show, just you just ask and find out. And actually there was a point before that 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 Rodin was talking to us and he asked me, do you, what so what's it like to when I'm interacting And I talked to you, Dennis, and I already know everything about you already. (laughs) And I said, What? I play a different person on every show I've ever been on. And he goes, No, you don't. I'm like, Oh, well, I thought I was. (laughs) So I try to. As I told someone once we were getting ready to when I was guesting on the show, and I asked them what how they wanted me to to be on the show, they said, just be you. And I, I remember saying, They're all variants. It's all just a different approach. Like, because Tony and I interact differently than how I interact with Zach the the flow is different because just of what we agree on and what we don't agree on that's just that's all i mean by it but uh oh ken and bill uh with a special one lit i finally got to meet them i've actually corresponded with ken for months and months and months about streaming and podcast stuff behind the scenes i really like their show a lot they're a newer show as well they came about oh i think it was maybe i shouldn't say newer i think they've been out over half a year now Uh, and that's long in the podcast world but They've got a really entertaining show. Uh I saw their shirts on people all over the place. They're the ones that have the Tiki girl with the Yeah, uh, that's the a good the, shirt. I do it, like that shirt. It is. It's a good shirt. Uh so So uh I got to meet them. Uh just I I thought for a moment I thought I'm never going to run into them. Been, I haven't seen them all show. They they're probably out whining and dining with the with the elite and powerful in the pinball hobby. But I actually ran into them in a hallway, which a lot of what happens in TPF happens in hallways. So there's that uh Steve Bowden I didn't know if I'd ever gonna get we talked to him last time quite a bit the last TPF but he was so busy winning tournaments and lasting as long as possible I didn't see him till the last day but we talked for a little bit um uh I'm gonna probably say her name wrong Emoto that's how I always say it of Emoto Arcade I wanted to say hi to her because she's uh co- talked to me a few times on facebook she she's got an interesting facebook page so if you're not following it, you may want to check it out she does a lot of what i describe as videography uh, at various arcade events so this is a lot if you like to nerd out on that sort of stuff her facebook page is a good way to consume a lot of shows and such uh let's oh greg bone we had breakfast with greg bone uh the last day yes we did He – I've never actually talked with Greg before. Uh, Well, I kind of have through Zach. Like one time Greg called while we were recording This Week in Pinball, and I I think Zach actually left that in the episode if I recall. Yes, he did because, yeah, I I, I, I was like, that's one
0: of the few uh, 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 pinball shows that I – Still, pinball podcast that i still listen to because I've, I've i've purged my my all my podcasts down to That's
1: all you podcasters listening tony's b- rejected almost all i of haven't
0: you. rejected all of you i've rejected Rejection. because i got to the point where i was having like Failure. 80 plus hours of podcasts to listen to in a hours. week <laughs> yes
1: it, it can it can be very consuming <laughs> it can be so <laughs> so yeah we talked about we and we'd seen him the day before and talked a little bit while they were still prepping up for the uh, twippy uh stuff so it was sort of interesting to hear the behind the scenes this is the plan like we they didn't know who would won or anything and I wouldn't ask that question uh but just the, like all the work going on behind the scenes is really interesting or it's interesting to me uh we saw Zach we never actually did anything with Zach this is the part where we need to talk about how Zach bailed on us
0: yeah that happened a lot well
1: the first night really stands out because he explicitly said he wanted to do something with us after the show ended at one am and you and I stayed up. We were in that general vicinity as of 12.30, playing games, talking with some people. He wasn't at his booth the entire time. And I hear the next day he went to bed. It's like, I could have gone to bed too, We all Zach.
0: needed sleep. I
1: could have too. Yeah, with to sleep. I don't know. I lost all of mine. So... Anyway, Zach bailed on us, but I saw him trying to sell Escalera, so if you need an Escalera, you're going to flip an out pinball, and he'll probably sell you one. Don't ask him to uh, give you a uh, showing on a uh, stair step, though. He might not be in his booth to do it. Um, oh, Ron with uh, Slam Tilt Podcast. You and I were on Slam Tilt yes. Podcast uh, a few months ago, So we and we'd had Bruce on before. Bruce wasn't at the show, but we'd had Bruce, Bruce on our podcast before, but we had like a 45-minute conversation with Ron at the end of TPF. So... Uh, that was just, you know, he, he's uh he's a very interesting person. I, he is, as I would expect he would be from his show, but I think because Bruce is so outgoing, it's, you could miss a lot of Ron's deeply held snark unless you actually are interacting with him in person. And what I like about Ron is that uh, like myself, he holds very firmly, strongly entrenched positions that he feels are truthful about pinball. Not as refined as mine, of course, was, but, pre- but. but pretty good. pretty good. For someone with as much experience as he has, I would expect it, but pretty good. Uh, we, we met uh, Nick Baldrich, who we had on the last episode, and Ryan Claytor. yes who, it, okay.
0: it was nice because I know we've talked at least I've talked with Nick online several times on Discord and this and that. And we've had him on the episode and stuff and and the his video game podcast that he does with Don is one of the podcasts that I still listen to r- regularly yep
1: and ryan i know has a it's not in the it's not in the gaming realm but he does have a a podcast on comic books which given how he interacted i thought he would probably be pretty good at podcasting so i guess he has practice at it but it was nice to finally meet him i'd only corresponded with him via email a little bit when we were trying to set up the episode with nick and unfortunately we just couldn't accommodate ryan at the at that time schedule but but so that was really neat and i got to try the multi bingo so that was fun um it's a luck box so it's fun for that
0: yeah it was it, it was it, it was very it best, custom, it was it very best custom game and I it deserved it. to. yeah it
1: deserved to it's, really-
0: it's the, it was my first real time i've done anything with the bingo and i enjoyed it a lot
1: so so we got to do that uh as you and i both noted earlier we we got to speak with christopher franchi i've corresponded with him very very briefly on facebook but he and i have actually had very little interaction uh, so he, I spoke with him after the twippies and then he actually sat with us when we were at the bar later that night. So yeah. it's kind of neat. Cause he has, I could already, I'd already heard from other people. Cause he's got a really, uh, dry sense of humor. So which, uh, mine, mine can be that way too. So that's sort of like, okay, yeah, it's, in, it's interesting. I always like, if you can't, if you can't laugh, it's life is sad. That's my, that's my philosophy. So, oh, Dwight Sullivan, I uh, the programmer for Stern, does a lot of the rules for games. Like Munsters is his most recent game. Yeah. So I, I said hi to him after the Twippies, which he, uh, he said, I don't look like my voice. That's not a surprise to me. No, I do look like my voice.
0: No, you don't.
1: And he also said that, well, but then he he said he thought thought I'd be a lot older. He made me feel like I was five. (laughs) Like, I am old. I'm 40. Come on.
0: (laughs) You go go through things and you've got the kind of obsessiveness that uh, when it comes to this, that would be expected of somebody, you know, with an extra decade or two on you. Uh okay okay I don't I don't th- I didn't think so but uh
1: oh I met uh Mark uh, I'm going to say his name wrong uh, Gidar Gidar El L- Ghidor- L- Ghidor- Gidarelli I'll just say Mark He actually he's the um senior systems engineer with Stern and the reason why this was interesting to me is because when I wrote I wrote an article uh which didn't win a twippy uh, about the Stern spike system and I contacted the marketing director uh Zach Sharp and he said he was gonna to talk to someone to get the information for me. It was Mark who knew all the information. So Mark was very aware of the article because he had to supply all the information. Because I said, Oh yeah, I reached out to Zach for that stuff. And he's like, Zach didn't give you anything. I had to do all that work. And so we talked quite a bit. And he said, if I ever wanna he gave me very intro, very beginner level overview stuff, which was the goal of the piece. But he's like, if you ever want to write something more in depth, Just contact me directly and we can get you all sorts of data and we can really go into the system in a lot of detail, which I don't know if Jeff Patterson wants something like that, but uh, the opportunity exists. As we mentioned on an episode not too long ago, uh, they're in the process of, or have already released the, I'm not quite sure, the schematics on Spike. So there's a lot more data that can be had about that. Uh, Jeff Patterson with This Week in penball, Of of course we saw him. He was in our hotel. I didn't realize it. I think he and Greg Bone were sharing a room, so... But Jeff, you weren't down early enough for breakfast. Tony and I eat breakfast early.
0: Yes, yeah, I that's yeah, I wake up at like six, even when I want to sleep and Even when I go to bed half drunk at three, I'm still awake at six.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So so uh, oh, I
1: met Taylor Reese with this flipping podcast. She came up to me when I was playing Munsters and we talked for a little bit. I met uh, Crystal uh, Gimnich when I was talking to Emoto. She accepted the award for Logan Arcade and did one of the presentations. So I'd heard her before and that was really cool uh jeff uh, rivera we've met him last time at yep. pinball Podcast. he was yeah, going he, around getting a hundred selfies
0: yeah that was that was pretty cool and he put he, the one what I put up on facebook was pretty cool also the little groupings of it
1: mm-hmm. and i still remain uh undefeated uh
0: yes because you didn't play against him it was me we don't need destroyed. the
1: details shared on the episode let's just say he's been it, unable to take me down ever in the game of pinball maybe next time maybe next time maybe And then, oh, this was a highlight for you, for you, Jeff Teolis.
0: Yes, I got to meet Jeff Teolis, who I like and think has the best voice in pinball.
1: Well, he was sucking up to you so much, I thought
0: he was a Hoover. Well, no, see, just good voices just come together. It's just like that. So that's why you're the glue of the show. That's why I'm the glue of the show. Okay. I, I, I'm the, I'm the every man. I'm the one people are like, Oh yeah, I would know that guy. You're the one everyone wants to go to because you have so much knowledge and, and, and you've got such deep cuts, but I'm the guy that, that people are like, yeah, I know somebody like him or yeah, he's just a good friend kind guy.
1: Mm-hmm. And I keep telling like myself
0: that. that as I, as I lay curled around my pillow, trying okay. myself to sleep at night.
1: But uh, like there, and there are other people who just said, you know, hey, we, I like like the show. Like, uh, I think there was a uh, Mark said that uh, Aaron on the last day came out. He yep. won, uh, he won one of the gaming awards uh, that the that uh, Texas Pinball Festival gives out for an EM restoration. It's like so that was really cool to meet people like that. I didn't know if there were any other names that kind of stood out
0: to you. Uh, one that I actually I talked to, and I'm going to feel horrible if I get this wrong, but I'm going to balance this with I was half drunk was Mark from SD pinball on Twitch was there while we were oh, yeah, talking. The guy with, with the beard Franchi. at the end. Yeah. And we, and, and I, I talked to him about video games for a fair while that evening while we were talking with teolis and, 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 and Franchi and, and Jason and Rodden and everybody was moving around as part of that whole group thing. Uh, okay. And it was nice to meet him. That, that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah.
1: I felt bad. I felt like I wasn't interacting with him enough. I was far away on the other end of the table and I'm not that interesting, so that there's that Well, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Again, that's part of When you've got a table that has like nine people at it, you don't have to interact with everybody at the table all the time. Um, Okay, so yeah, that was like
1: oh, now as I think back on it, this probably sounds like just a big name drop fest, so just deal with it. We're already past the news. All we can do do is talk
0: about what happened at the show and talking to people was a big part of what happened, so. It was, and again, this is something that in years past, we've concentrated on playing as many games as possible, and we'd say hi to people and we'd chat a little bit, but we mainly just went as fast as possible from game to game to game to game for the whole weekend, and we didn't do but that. We at
1: did all make this a concerted year. effort to play newer sort of stuff. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, let's start with Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. We did play.
0: Yeah. Yes, Alice yes. Cooper's we, Ball Save. We Castle. did
1: play that game at last year's TPF where it was revealed, but the code was exceedingly rudimentary. And now the game is in a developed state. So we wanted to play it again. Uh, you mentioned the ball save. What, what are your general thoughts on Alice Cooper?
0: It seems to be very, very uh, uh, generous with the ball saves. It does have that ball save where you can sell save and... You'll catch the, the magnet. Will catch the ball from draining and then throw it back up on the field. That's cool, and it does. But it did seem like I I would have a lot of ball saves that would otherwise be drains. And I think part of it is just because at least in one case there was a uh, the one scoop uh, it would kick out and it would drain. I don't know a third of the time. Yeah. When it kicked out and yeah. the ball save on it. And there were a couple other ways to earn ball saves. It just felt like I got ball save a lot more yeah. ball saves than I'm used I to. I could,
1: I know, I could see that. I, I didn't experience it quite as much, but I, I wasn't in the scoop all that. Most of the scoop uh, shots I was able to save. The scoop um, was bent to, I assume try and stop that problem, but
0: it, it was right. Of course, that or it could be that it had something hit, somebody had airballed mm-hmm. onto it maybe and it was bent and that was, well, it was what the, was the Maybe the bend in it was
1: so egregiously sharp. I have to assume it was done by manu- manual means. I don't think the ball could have done it. But, but again, yeah. depending on the power settings and the power draw that happens in a thing like this, what may have cleanly fired to a flipper in a normal power use settings in convention hall settings may have just been too weak. And so what was actually supposed to go to a flipper was just more dribbling out and going down the middle sort of thing if that makes sense. Uh, I actually I thought yeah. the game is looks interesting. I I you found your shots very quickly on it. For me the shots felt off off's not right. Uh well off for me like they it's like they're not in the places that Borg or Richie would put their shots. So I was bricking a lot of shots, but I liked I liked what was there in terms of the shot layout, the integration with the upper play field. Like you mentioned the ball save. There's a lot there that I think's really interesting. I did not like the Rob Zombie layout at all. The America's yeah. most haunted layout was very rudimentary. Total Nuclear Annihilation I'm setting aside because that's a Scott Neneese game and it's got its own single level thing it's trying to do, which is a lot of fun. But... This, with its Castle Grayskull-looking castle, and what all the shots there were there, and the way it kind of... I, I actually thought this, I think, has a lot of potential. I thought, even though I wasn't doing well on it, I thought I thought this was a fun game. I thought it could be a fun game. I think, I think if I'd spent more time with it, I would have liked it more.
0: Yeah, I do too. It was definitely more fun. After Rob Zombie, I came in not expecting much, and I actually enjoyed it. And as you mentioned during the Twippy
1: section, the game looks great, visually. It does. So that, visually, it's amazing. And actually... I, and the soundtrack. I like the soundtrack, yeah. I, was, I wasn't I was sure what to expect of it, but I was bopping my head along to the music like that. It's, in a lot of ways, yeah, it's kind of like a... uh it reminded me of TNA in several ways. I, I, I mean, I, I do like the Total Nuclear Annihilation layout more, but... This uh, what they're doing with the rules in this is uh, the exploring the castle sort of thing to build up points if you want to go fight a monster. I like all that. I was I was I was pleased. I thought this is I think this is going to be good. Spooky, I think's already sold them, so I can't say it's going to be good for Spooky because I think it already was good for Spooky. But nonetheless, it has the Dennis and Tony seal of approval. So, um, I liked it more than the next game we're going to discuss: Jersey Jacks uh, Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: But everybody swore and they, that it's the greatest game, and every time it came up, that's the thing everybody cheered for in the Twippy. Sure, and that's fine. I didn't
1: hate—I'll start with this one, and then we'll let you get, get the word in. We'll let you get your word in. Some people may have seen on our Facebook the little video I took of you while you played, played the game. <laughs> uh, Tony and I last played Pirates of the Caribbean at last year's Texas Pinball Festival, which was still the prototype unit. So this was the first time we had played the finalized version with the latest code set. I felt, I don't know if it was the setup or the changes like with the spinning disc or whatnot. The game felt less safe than it originally did, which I think was good. My very first game on the prototype, my ball time was really long. This wasn't short. It was longer than my Alice Cooper times were. Uh, the shots felt like, like they I felt like I knew where these shots were. So from a comfort level, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. There were some things that, again, maybe you can tweak this with setup, but there is the horseshoe shot in the center, which seemed really to have a propensity to just fling itself down the middle.
0: Which, yeah, I, I uh, took a bunch of drains that and way. And it
1: seemed like people who were full plunging often were having their ball immediately drain down the middle and possibly get two house balls in a row, depending on if they took steps <laughs> to alleviate that after the ball save kicked in. So there was that. Uh, so that aspect of it didn't really please me very much. Um, the character selection, I just went really quick and just picked one that I thought sort of sounded like something I could use. I I won the game of three we were playing, and the only reason I didn't get a multi ball, the only reason I won is I plundered uh, the other the second highest player's points, and he would have won had I not done that. We did the math. Right. We did the math afterwards to find out, <laughs> um, just to prove it. Uh... So, I mean, I here's here's where I am on it. Uh, I like the geometry for a wide body. I still think the geometry tree is pretty good. I think it's a, I think it's a more fun game with what little, and again, I have very little time on it. But what I have on it, I think I would have more fun with this than I ever did with Hobbit. And I think it plays a lot better than Wizard of Oz ever played. So out of those two games, I'd say if I were just to rank them currently, I would probably go ahead and put Hobbit, excuse me, no, I would not put I put Hobbit at number three and I put Pirates at number one, but I'd still rather have dialed in. Yes. So what were your thoughts? I mean, you mentioned, the again, you you, uh, you agreed with me about the uh, unfair straight down the middle drain situation that was going when you made. And this is right. when you made the shot, by the way. This isn't like you didn't get up a ramp and then it, it just pissed down the middle on you.
0: Yeah, that was the annoying thing is, is, oh, look, that's the shot I have to go for. I hit the shot. Now I have to basically hope that I do not uh, tilt it to try and save it.
1: Exactly. Whereas, like, when you play Steve Ritchie's uh, Stern Star Wars, when you make the horseshoe shot, it may be zipping around really fast and make you uncomfortable, but it feeds to a flipper. Right. I mean, it'll go to the flipper. It's not going to go down the middle on you. Right. I mean, at least I never had it do that. This, it was like, I, I just, that was part of the reason why I had, I think, a longer ball time than Tony did. I refused to, as much as possible, shoot that area. Because I knew it was bad. I'd watched the. I was the closest to the people playing prior, and I watched multiple people full plunge and drain out of the middle. So I always short plunged from the get go and avoided middle shots because I, I knew. It's got to be a setup thing. I I just have to tell myself that surely they didn't produce a game that would that would constantly just yeah. I would think it'd be.
0: I I would think it would have to be a.
1: But I have to admit, it's just really off-putting when something like that happens. So it just – it really stood out to me. Um, Upper Playfield was more challenging for me this time. Uh, I still – I kept falling off the right this time rather than the left. It was rocking more than the prototype did. So uh, that was nice. It felt like a decent challenge. So I thought that was an improvement. Um, I still think the single spinning disc is a lot less impressive. Now it's just like – I don't even know why it's there quite frankly. But yeah. I'm sure I mean, it does it does influence the ball. I know why it's there, but it's just not it's just not the same.
0: Yeah, it's not the same.' It, it, it's, it's just another thing instead of being something interesting and special. It's my biggest problem with this game is and has always been that I hate the theme, and I think and I think the fact that they with how they implemented the theme and the and like we talked about earlier, you know with the video and the theme integration and all that, that's my problem with this game.
1: Where would you rank it versus Hobbit? are do you, Are you comfortable doing that? given I went ahead and did it, even though I don't have really that many games on it, but
0: I think theme integration is better on Hobbit. I still think actual gameplay is probably better on pirates. And like you, I'd still rather play dialed in. Okay. What about wizard of Oz versus pirates? I have, I'd have to play it again. I've played was once it was four years ago, so it's not even close to fresh in my mind.
1: That's fine. That's fine. I understand. Okay. Uh, the third new game uh, that we played was Oktoberfest. Um, this one, uh, I I really only got two balls on. I kind of Jeff Teolis, your your glue hero from Canada, kicked me off of this game because Dwight Sullivan wanted to play it, and
0: well, that's course, a good reason.
1: No, it's not. Do you know who I am? Oh, anyway. yeah. <laughs> I, now I told them it was fine. I was I was cool with it. I had actually watched a lot of the gameplay while I was going because I was in a four player game. I was actually we were trying to find a line that we could get in and finally get on one before the the show closed on Saturday. Right, and they had one more opening, so uh, I Doctor and Missus Penn pulled me over and stuck me on that game.
0: Yeah, I was, and I I, I played with Mary Kay and Eric on another one at the same time
1: okay so we were both basically playing it
0: simultaneously so uh my my
1: thoughts the it's a long player i actually was the worst of the people playing and granted this the one i was playing didn't have a tilt bob in it so i found that i was being somewhat aggressive probably not as aggressive as some of the better players um The side ramp shot is pretty challenging, maybe unfairly challenging. It kind of reminds me of the side ramp shot on Simpsons Pinball Party, which makes sense because balls are designed both. Mm -hmm. Uh, But most of the other shots I thought were pretty straightforward. Um, I still think that the roller coaster ramp is way longer and just showy than it needs to be. So it kind of – I don't want to say it kills the flow, but it it kills the speed when you do that shot. I don't really really like that. I I get – some people really – I think Eric liked how the ball – spun with it I, again it just depends on whether what you prioritize so from a visual standpoint it was really cool uh i don't care for the playfield art at all it is they i think they've made some tweaks but it just still seems like a cacophony of color and it's a i don't want to say it's a bit of a mess but i just think it doesn't have a, an organized style to it i remember once hearing someone i've really stuck with this that American pinball right now while they're doing hand drawn art their art has a very Sega pinball vibe from the nineties and that's just not where most of the other companies are at this point with art and i if I were them since it seems like art is selling games well that i would if I loved this game I would still be interested in it even if it was ugly as sin but this is not an art package that I think is holding up compared to the competition
0: not at all it's not even yeah it's not even in the running. Our package wise.
1: Uh so I, I'd need more time on it to be sure like whether would I rather play Oktoberfest or Pirates? I don't know. I felt like I felt like I knew what was going on with Pirates better and so I liked that. But there are a lot of interesting rules things that I didn't really get to explore with Oktoberfest that I know exists. So ultimately, given that Oktoberfest is a standard body, I think it would end up winning out on me. But I liked Alice Cooper better than both. And I did the worst. And Tony can confirm this. I did terrible at Alice Cooper, but I still had fun.
0: Yeah, it was no. I definitely of the games we've talked about, like Alice Cooper Pirates and Oktoberfest. Alice Cooper was the one I had the most fun with.
1: Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, any other new games you can think of? Uh, I, we tried to play Thunderbirds, but it was
0: broken. I think, <laughs> it was broken, and I
1: think Eric ended up getting a game on it, but he's not on the show, so we can't ask him. Right?
0: I know. I know. Will. I, I know. Will did. I don't know if Eric did or not. I know Will oh, did. because Will. Will. Was okay, probably, it probably it
1: probably was Will. I get mixed up. I'm a simple person. So, uh, so we can't really weigh that one in, but it was there. Uh, I thought I would touch on a few other a few other games. Uh, that was one of them. Uh, Bally's Harley Davidson. Not the Se- we played a Sega one. It was terrible, um, as I knew it would be. Yeah. It also seemed to only have one ball in it, and so you could go into one ball, multi ball. We'll actually be touching on that again in a little bit, but. The Bally Harley-Davidson I've always been curious about because Bally Williams made that game because Premier's Silver Slugger, which was the first street-level game, was doing really well on route. It was I remember reading that it made more money for operators than Diner was making. And so Bally Williams decided to try doing a single-level game in the early 90s to see how that would work. And I heard that it wasn't a great player. And I'd also heard, I believe it may have been on head-to-head pinball it was an interview with roger sharp and he's brought up this game a couple of times and he indicated that in his judgment as a player that the problem with it was it came with lightning flippers and so it was really brutal and the shots just didn't it was just it was harder than the game should have been and so i i don't know i've heard his recommendations actually put in regular flippers Regardless, there was a beautiful example. Actually, for the show, it won best game of the 90s at Texas Pinball Festival. They had the wrong year label. They said it was Stern 99. They didn't didn't have the right one, but the photos were clear. Um, It had a shaker motor. They had a topper on it. It was hard. It was very hard. but I thought, oh, this is really, I thought this was really fun. And I, as Tony knows, I have absolutely no interest in Harley. I'm not a motorcycle person at all, much less a Harley person. But just in terms of the shots, it had the reverse inlane, outlane thing, like Fathom. And I was just like, as a lot of people have listened to the show a while now, I really like single level games. I don't know why. I just think that people have to get to stand out with them. You have to be creative with the layout. You can't just move your ramp around to a new place. So I just thought it was really cool. I just really liked it. Um, I could definitely, and they didn't make all that many of them. So I doubt it'll be, ever be a game I would own, but it's definitely a game I would consider after getting to play it. was yeah, usually someone on it. I would have never
0: thought it. about it. I would have never thought in my life that I would want anything Harley Davidson, uh, especially a pinball game or this or that. But honestly, it is, it was really good.
1: I could definitely, and I mean, and again, and for you, it doesn't shock me because you really like Silver Slugger a lot. That's a single level game. Uh, it's got some interesting layout choices, even though it's, it's you know, it, that's a high flow one. This one's actually got fairly high flow layout too with, if you can hit the shots, but it's just, it was really cool. I, I was glad to get to play it. I've always wondered about it. I actually liked it way more than I thought after hearing those Roger Sharp interviews. I thought I wouldn't like it, but I did. Yeah. Speaking of games liked, let's talk about your game of the show, Striking of the Stream. And there's a great video of this as well. This game also only had one ball in it. And so <laughs> Tony activated like stadium multiball. <laughs> and it was it was so weird. The Harley, the Sega Harley was the same way. It would start the multiball. You'd only have the one ring. You'd only have the one ball. If you drained that ball, it knew you didn't have any more balls in play and would end your turn, but it kept the multi-ball going. It was weird. I can't believe it was programmed to allow it. But anyway, I had never played Striker Extreme. I had always heard that it was arguably, arguably the worst soccer-themed pinball game ever made. It's be- Generally, it's between that and Williams World Cup from the late 70s that and that one was there but i didn't i've played it before but that uh, that one um uh, that one was there but we
0: didn't play it uh this one i definitely could see being the worst oh it was terrible it was completely and utterly horrible and i blew it up you did i blew boop, that boop. game up boop, boop. i that was you know when you sit down to a game even if you've never played that game before somehow just all the shots feel exactly dialed in like you had tons of time on it that is exactly what i had going on with that game for some reason
1: yeah it was just like like you would design the game yourself you were so (laughs) dialed in on those shots
0: it 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 was but yeah no it was it was fine Not, not 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 like fine like i uh it's great or fine but it's like it's like yeah no i played it well it was it was fine yeah so the uh Yeah,
1: that one. That one was at the time it was listed for eighteen hundred, and I told Tony if he wanted it, I'm sure he could get it for less. And you and I actually ended up having a break and sitting down with some other people from St. Louis, one of whom bought that game.
0: Yes, he did. He bought that exact game.
1: Yeah, and I think he said he ended up getting it for eleven hundred,
0: which for a
1: for a DMD game. That's very low. And the game was, I mean, it just basically needed the balls. All the flippers were working. The the soccer guy, Mech, was working. I think it gave one coil error at one point, so maybe something needed to be tweaked. But mostly it looked functional. We actually got to play the Monday Night Football as well, which is the same layout but reskinned to football, so it makes no sense given what that layout is. Yeah, and it was half broken. Like We're talking like a flipper didn't work the the uh, the football player guy didn't move it was that one was just atrocious to play uh, but striker extreme is like okay we got a really good example of this game and um, okay so just letting you guys know there are still dmds for under two thousand you just have to settle for fun just give up on fun and you can have yeah, some as stuff long as you, as
0: long as as long as you're not looking for something with that, that's super amazing you're good
1: mm-hmm. uh, I played the the restored bonanza
0: the the they,
1: uh, guy got out the – Aaron, I believe is his name. He got out the pictures to show me what it originally looked like. That ended up winning one of the show awards, which made – I mean, it was really cool. Uh, I did terrible at it, but it looks great. Uh So I, I got to experience that. Um So that was a, a standout one I wanted to mention. I didn't know if there were any other games that kind of caught your eye that you wanted to just make a couple comments on or not.
0: Yeah, I haven't – I think we covered all the big things.
1: Yeah, we should have. Because
0: I didn't – I I only played a few games that we haven't talked about and little, nothing that, oh, I will Wiggler, Wiggle, 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 Wiggler. I had what could have possibly been my coolest shot in pinball ever on Wiggler. Oh yeah. Eric saw it. So it wasn't just me who saw it. It wasn't one of those where you do something awesome. and You're like, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? There's nobody there and it's just you. No, I actually Eric saw it too. I had a, a multi ball going on Wiggler, and I flipped one of the balls up into play, and it hit the other ball at just the perfect angle, so they bounced off each other and both of them locked in the in the saucers at the exact same time.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that was a really cool game. That one also was recognized during the uh end of end of show where they talk about the, the yeah. games that are there and which ones won or were runners up for awards. And one of the Kansas City players and collectors, uh Mike O, recommended to us during a lunch break that we try out Wiggler because he knew that I uh I like zipper flipper games and Wiggler's a Ted Zale zipper flipper, four player. And so actually, yeah, if I could find a great deal on it, I could see getting Wiggler. I don't like Wiggler as much as four million BC. It doesn't have the cool mm-hmm. skill shot like but the layout's fun and you can do, obviously. At least you can do really cool stuff. I have the lowest score, just, so I can I, do. And I walked you. away, and I didn't. I didn't, and I didn't yeah. film you. So, anyway, it, so you probably just made up that thing with the balls just now.
0: Well, no, I have at least one person saw it. One person saw it, so I, I, I have proof. Uh, let's see. Uh,
1: just some final, final stuff out of me, I guess. Um, so swag or purchasing, I you know. I'm not a big mod person, but when I, I go to shows, I try and find a few things. There's some stuff I considered that I wasn't sure on and didn't get, but I did go ahead and buy some flipper Titan bands for my hoops pinball machine. I'd meant to do that when I ordered them, but the wrong size was listed in the manual. I actually made a kit over with Titan. So people who want to buy hoop springs and I put the right ring size. Then I, I, it was a red flag to me when I ordered them, but I went ahead and did it. So I just went and got those while they were there. That was really cool because all the Gottlieb premier, like system three sized pointy flippers, they kept all those rings like under the table <laughs> in shame. They hide them and they charge the same amount as the bigger ones too. So I made a joke about that. And they're like, well, not very many people want these Gottlieb rubbers. And I'm like, yeah, I know. No one likes Gottlieb, but but Hoops needs it. So I got that. I got an LED light from Taker that I'd seen recommended to replace the incandescent bulb in the total nuclear annihilation topper. So I did that. I also, I every time I'm at TPF, I always go to Measle Mods. I usually buy something. It's always been for Star Trek, but I actually got a little decal set for my total nuclear annihilation flippers. And then uh, picked up a, a copy of the Queen Op Carnival publication. Those are for sale now, and you can order them online so you don't have to obviously be at TPF because it's too late now if you didn't show up. But, <laughs> you uh, missed it. We, you missed it all. But, but I haven't read that yet, but I'm looking forward to uh, doing so after talking with Nick Baldridge about it on the last episode. So that's some of the stuff I got. And of course, I got a show shirt. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. but
0: Yeah, I got a show shirt. I got some lapel pins to add to my collection. I got... Uh, the coin out carnival publication as well. Um, I also fanboyed out and went and got pictures and an autograph from John Reese Davies. And which photo did you get of him? I, I went with a gambling
1: jackpot one jackpot two. Oh, oh that was <laughs> at least for the people in attendance. I need to just note during, back in the twippies. That was the highlight. He Easily. was one of the, he, yeah, he was one of the guest presenters. Of course, everyone was really polite, Uh, cheered him on, gave him a standing ovation when he came out on stage, which is the only standing ovation of the night. Uh, And he was very kind to all the attendees. He said the hobby was very oddball, but he thought the people were pretty smart. <laughs> and he actually did his Gimli jackpot call outs. <laughs> he said, because people seem to want to hear this and they were awesome. His whole thing was
0: very awesome. So, yeah, it was good.
1: Well, that's really all I have for Texas Pinball Festival and for this episode.
0: Yeah, um, I loved meeting all the people we got to meet uh, this year. Um, I'm still tired. And
1: yep. well, that's why we took Monday off. Yes. And we're, remote, we're recording remotely because no one needed to go anywhere. Right. For
0: this. Well, no one needed it's to like, go anywhere, but I was yeah. literally two blocks from your house this morning because me and the after I got home, my wife was off today also, and she wanted to go to First Watch this morning and get some breakfast and run a couple errands, so I ended up up there anyway. But
1: well, I was probably still asleep.
0: No, not really. I'm yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. I was. I have no idea. I don't know how long you slept. I don't sleep in. I mean, even today, today was like the most I've slept in all weekend. You would have thought. Sunday morning, I would have slept past 6, but I didn't. Today, I slept until, like, 6.15.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I slept till about 7. I actually – I didn't get to bed till about 1 because by the time I dropped Eric off and got home and unloaded the car, the trash still needed to be taken out for every – all that was – for Mon- Mon- my Monday chores weren't done, so I needed to do them because I wasn't here to do them. So I did right. all that.
0: Yeah, no. So. I had the same – by the time we got home, I mean, we hit – I hit a – I was going to say I hit a second wind in there on the way home last night at some point, but I hit like a ninth wind in there at some point last night. So by the time I got home, I actually felt pretty good and I, you know, bummed around and, and, and did this and that. and I didn't actually end up going to bed until like 1230 or one. Oh, yeah, I wasted
1: time on Facebook looking at people's post- <laughs> photos they were posting i did I was completely yeah, I didn't look at it.
0: i i like barely touched Facebook over the weekend i didn't do, I didn't Instagram as much as I probably should have. I probably should have taken a lot more selfies with all of these people we actually talked to and did this and that, but it was we were talking and so I I know we're having this conversation, but hey, let's get a picture real quick and all this stuff and i i don't that's yeah. not I don't think that way normally, so I may gather up a few of the photos others took and assemble
1: them into a tiny little album for yeah, us Yeah, that our might
0: not be page. a bad idea. So,
1: For those of you who didn't get a chance to speak to us, you can always reach out to us, eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com, or you can message us on facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast.
0: We're available on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and the Twitch as eclectic underscore gamers.
1: And we'll be back in two weeks with a regular episode.
0: But until then, I'm Dennis. And I'm Tony.
1: Have a great day. See ya.